If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, this is the CU Podcast. It's completely unnecessary, as is Ian some of the time, and me most of the time. <laughs> and this is a Tuesday. It's Tuesday. May 22nd, 222 Tuesday. Wow. Too bad it's not February 22nd. 222 two, 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 Tuesday. 2022. We're going to be around 2022. I might be around. I don't know. Hoping. I, I'm, I'm Pat Contry alongside Ian Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Ian's feeling a little bit better I think than I am right now. I'm feeling like subdued and drugged. I, at this point uh, in time. I mean I feel I feel off this morning. But let's you see. feel off? Yeah, I feel off. You feel awful or just off? off. I just feel off. Off. I I did yoga yesterday and usually after yoga I feel like better, but I just felt like afterwards. I got a good night's sleep too. Uh. Usually my routine now is I start on the couch. Mm-hmm. I used to only sleep on my couch because my my um, mattress was the old one from Jersey I brought here until I got a new mattress last summer, which is an awesome mattress. But now I'm so lazy to, to walk upstairs. I, I hate stairs. And so, but now I'm starting to like sleep. So does Donald Trump. What are you trying to say? Just saying. Just don't start with our left wing ideologies <laughs> this soon, Ian. <laughs> oh, we'll, come, right. we'll get into that a bit later. Um, but so now I'm sleeping for like five hours. <laughs> I usually fall asleep between 11 and 12. So I'll sleep for five hours. At like four in the morning, I'll walk upstairs half asleep and fall into the bed and sleep for like four hours. It's probably not good. I probably should sleep in the bed for eight hours. It's, it's so much more comfortable. Like good, you're already getting tired of the, of the story or you're just no, tired No, I'm in just tired. You're just tired. I don't get good night's sleeps. No, never? No. Well, when I see you tweet at three in the morning, it's probably why. That's usually after I've tried to fall asleep for like 45 minutes. You don't just try to read? No, that's all I've been doing lately. Why don't you watch? Reading. Why don't you watch some old Pat the NES Punk videos to no, fall asleep? That's gonna keep me wide awake. It's gonna keep you wide awake. Yeah. Did you say you liked my 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 delivery of the of the game reviews a few years back? Uh, yeah. I just you know it's, it's very very sensuous. I need to use those words. Yeah, You're, I need you to I need you to do something more boring. More boring than the Stadium Events video. Did you see the Stadium Events video? You I, were in? I did. I watched that. Was it was that entertaining? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of edutainment, let's celebrate 10 years of our pal Norm the Gaming Historian. That's right. Good let's old Norm. That. You know Norm. McFrosticles on YouTube. That was his original name. <laughs> when, he, when, he, when he put up his first video, like they put the picture of 10 years ago, it looked like he was fucking 11 years old he's, 10 uh, years ago. He's, he's so young. He's an eternally youthful guy. He just No, he's just younger than us. Well, he <laughs> is young, but, but he looks very youthful but as even well. when, so when he started, he was like, what, 19 doing these videos? He yep. looked like he was 12 years mm-hmm. old doing them. So, um, and he, his first video was at the top loader, which is still uh, hot garbage, but we disagree on that. Remember, we went back and forth in Retroware back in the day about that. About I, I, that. I do not like the top loader at all. No, no one should. Go get get the uh, AV Famicom is something else. That's at least decent. But anyway, so here's to Norm. 
He's heard me sing in the shower lots of times, so that means we're close. Norm has been there for me at many conventions. To do what? Just to be there for just, me. Just to, to be... To let me hug him and just paw to be a, at him. Just to, be, to paw at him? To be, a, to be an object oh. and also a friend. Okay. <laughs> right, the objective part. Um, we're going to be at Luna Video Games in Chula Vista Saturday, May 26th coming up between 1 and 4 p.m. Yes. Oh, unless Ian has to go to the bathroom and leave. Is there a bathroom for me there? I have to go walk to the taco place around the corner. No, there's a bathroom for Okay, you. I was making sure. I don't know how this works. It's part of the deal. So we'll have a certain NES guidebook. We'll be hanging out um, there. I don't think there'll be a console set up. I don't know. There might be, but we'll be, be chopping it up. Come see us. We're not going to be chopping up a console. Chopping it up. Slang. Hip for the kids. Is that is that ever a term for speaking? Yeah. Was it really chopping it up? Is that like chopping a it up. buffalo... Huh. Colloquialism, ah, chopping it up, talking. We'll be we'll be speaking with you all, <laughs> and take if you you know if you want us to sign anything, take a picture, just chat about Wisdom Tree games or Ian's love for the Neo Geo Pocket Color, my love for hoarding games, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll we'll do it up. I'll get some CeeLo games going off on the side. CeeLo, yeah. At first, I was like the singer. Oh no, CeeLo, I played that. Yeah. Ball with the big giant dice. Uh, well, I mean, you use three dice and a bowl or a ring. Yeah, but it's usually in a popmatic bubble at a casino. Oh well, yeah. I, well, yeah, you could. Although then yeah, it would Atlanta, I, think it from... Atlanta, I used to play in Atlantic City. Okay, it's just a fun game. The odds are awful. Well, the odds just, are miserable. Yeah, they pop in a popmatic bubble. That's uh, how it works. Oh, that's interesting. And you bet on upper, higher, low, and things like that. Okay, we're going off the rails here. Um, more importantly, the most important update in my life is that pinball arcade. Uh, unblocked me on Twitter. So, thank you, Pinball Arcade. I don't know what what happened. I think your CEO must have got involved there. This is an outrage. <laughs> but I'm unblocked. They 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 watched your video. They retweeted our our coverage. So, you know that that you know the, sometimes there's justice in the world. Pat lives and dies by who blocks and unblocks. No, I don't, Ian. <laughs> I've only cared about two people ever blocked me on Twitter, and Pinball Arcade was one of them. So that's what's been going on. Uh, you you actually saw this is this is. Ian must be, this must be like the, the, the glory days. We, we're 20 years back, we're going to look at 2018 as a year where Ian actually complied with seeing big movies the same time as Pat to actually talk about them on the podcast. It happened with uh, Thanos and uh, Infinity War. It happened with, uh, yeah, Thanos was the name of the movie, it was Infinity War. I, I was planning on going to see that. But it happened with, with Black Panther and now a third movie, Deadpool 2. We can actually talk about it before it's been out a month on the podcast. This is a momentous occasion. Some movies I just don't care to see on opening night. Yeah. You know, it's kind of my job, too. But <laughs> <laughs> no one likes our reviews. <clears throat> what do you mean no one likes our reviews? What? They, they do. You just, you don't, you're just too lazy to, to go five minutes away to see a movie. <laughs> I mean, that's no one likes. Okay, so you, you saw Deadpool 2. I, I saw Deadpool 2 uh, Thursday night. I'm liking this Thursday night release thing. I like it. There's no, there's no fucking high schoolers there usually. You know, you don't. Do, your Friday night's clear, and there's usually nothing to do on a Thursday night anyway, besides Taco Thursday at some places. So yeah, the Thursday night releases are fairly decent. We went, we went yesterday morning. That oh. was good. Matinees are fun. You get brunch. Yeah, we did brunch. Brunch and uh, maybe a little hollandaise sauce dripping on you while you're watching Deadpool too. I don't know. Bonnie had pancakes. Eggs Benedict's good there at the lot. But um, what did you think of Deadpool two? And you just saw Deadpool one right before Deadpool two. Yeah, I saw two. Deadpool one for the first time. I saw it Sunday night. I guess Vaughn did as well. Yes, and uh, we both really liked it. Um, I thought the story was great. Thought the character was done better than I would have expected. Um, you know, Deadpool's a fun comic book character. 
you know, previously had some good stories. Um, funny has been, you know, has slowly turned into more of a com, uh, you know, a comedic character. And the people who generally tend to latch on to Deadpool and cosplay and tend to focus more on the the acting out parts, the fourth wall breaking stuff, the goofy stuff, sure. and it gets a little tiresome. Too much gets a little tiresome. Um, Ryan Reynolds' portrayal of the character does a really good job of getting what's great about that, but it he doesn't he never truly goes off the rails with it. He really finds a great balance of the the comedy. And the and more, he, more realistic, heartfelt stuff. Yeah, the comedy and then the more realistic, you know, human nature style stuff with him. Is so, there is there romance in the, in the Deadpool comic at all? Like um, they have in these movies? You know, I've I've mostly read the team-ups and the one-shots, so... Because that's what threw me off of the first movie. And I, I enjoyed the first movie, but I was kind of thrown off by how much of the movie is the romantic subplot. I'm sure there probably is, but like I said, I've mostly read the one-shots and some of the other earlier stuff, and no, I don't recall that, but I would I would have to say that there has to be somewhere in I there. I mean, the, fir- the first movie, I always say, say that you can tell there's no budget. There's only two set pieces in the movie, and the middle's just fucking giant flashback and romance and sexcapades in the bedroom, you know, scenes like that where it's like, they're really... Using some filler here, and it's really easy to see. I thought that there wasn't much to the movie, which they kind of admit. It's like, yeah, now we can do more in the sequel, and the sequel is like four or five times as big, with with a lot more characters, better action uh, sequences, uh, better effects, more and more and more characters. It's not just you know before it was a joke that oh we don't have any the budget for these characters, which they didn't. They had Colossus show up for yeah. like five ten minutes, and they had uh, Negasonic teenage warhead. warhead. Who comes back? But now you have other sets of characters as well, and you have spoilers. We're gonna get into spoilers territory. You have a a big X Men villain show up, which they really did a good job of uh, having it be a, a real surprise because no one there was any trailers, no commercials talking about uh, Juggernaut being in the movie. Yeah, and I was like, really? I was like, oh, I was like, wait a minute. When, once you heard that boom, boom, I was like, okay, it's either the Blob or Juggernaut. I thought, and yeah. then I thought the Blob was in that awful X Men origin, so. Maybe it's not that. So once I once you saw it's a juggernaut, I'm like holy shit, this is the juggernaut. This is not just the fucking awful one from X Men Three. Yeah, no, it was. I, I I got an inkling pretty quick that it was going to be the juggernaut, and it paid off. I mean, it was great to see the juggernaut. Um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily believe that a bigger movie made it a better movie. I thought both movies were very very good. It was good to see it flushed out more. It was good to see. Um, it was better villains the second time around. The villain, the first one, so forgettable. Just generic, bland, British fucking villain. Yeah. That's, what was his power? He can also regenerate? Or was, it, was that his power? Or he was just... He had fast reflexes. That was his power? Oh, he's, he's a villain. Yeah. It was it was sort of like, okay. Um, But I I very much enjoyed it. There was a lot of fun nods, a lot of, a lot of cool jokes. The uh, appearance of Shatterstar made me laugh so bad i thought it was great that shatterstar was in there um to see any sort of x other x-force characters um well it was just fun to see that like like i said the shatterstar bit was was my absolute favorite um they got his hair perfect um i mean even his crazy jumping poses were like fucking right out of the comic book um yeah, and then just the, you know, Domino, I felt, was played very well. Z- Zazie Beach did an awesome job as Domino. Like, she was great. That's what I mean. Like, when I thought about this was, a, a, this seemed more like a 
I like this movie better because Deadpool got to bounce off so many different characters. In the first movie, he really didn't bounce off anyone besides Colossus a little bit and Negasonic, and that was really it. And this, he's bouncing off of like several characters. And then Cable, these interactions with Cable were great because they're mm-hmm. like the exact opposite character. Um, Josh Brolin, I mean, between Avengers and uh, Deadpool as you know, now I want it's going to be hard for me to see him in anything that's not superhero related. So you're going back and see No Country for Old Men, which is an awesome movie. Which yeah, you know, you, you comic book nerds, they should go see other Josh Brolin movies, or is you know he played W in a movie. Yep, going back to the obviously the Goonies is where everyone first knew yep. him from. But, know, but it, it, it's, I mean, just I've because I, I went and saw Infinity War a second time this past weekend as well. You went without me, yeah. Um, my buddy Alan hadn't seen it, and now they're at Lincoln, so they asked well, if I, I wanted to go. I almost didn't see it. I kind of yeah. saw it the first time, <laughs> being that it was two feet in front of me, the screen. Uh, uh, it, it just it hit me because was I that saw, better the second time. Yeah, it was better the second time. Really? Mm-hmm. You got into it a little bit more. Yeah, some of my uh, some of the minor issues I had with it the first time through were not. Like too much. What was your minor issues? Too much comedy, things like that. No, just everything. It wasn't so much issues. It was that everything. Having seen it once before and seeing it a second time, everything gelled a bit more. There's so much going on that getting to see it a second time, you really just get to take everything in a little bit better. Sure. So I will say this: I I really enjoyed Deadpool. It, obviously, it, it's a good palate not palate cleanser after uh, Infinity War, but it's you come out happy. There's the great mid mid credits sequence is yes. fucking hysterical. Like that was to me the highlight of the movie. That was very funny. He uh, Deadpool corrects the past, uh, uh, I guess Deadpool issues from X Men Wolverine yeah. uh, origins, and then also Ryan Reynolds <laughs> gets he gets to see it. Yeah, but then I thought there'd be a, a, a post credits scene and there wasn't. That, that so everyone's like, okay, there has to be something else and there wasn't. So they already said they're going to do another movie with Deadpool. They don't know if it's going to be X Force or. Just or just another Deadpool, but they've got the cast at this point to slap spo- together and sure. X-Force. Well, spoilers, they killed off all the X Force characters that were in there except for Domino oh, and I guess Peter. Yeah, Peter, <laughs> Peter gets to live, but I, but I guess they can always go back and say, Oh, we brought them all back, you know, with the time. You know, they could do that. They're not going to. You don't think so? No one gives a shit about Shatterstar. Oh, that's what I was saying. Well, His but, joke is but, there. He's there for, for he was there the for guy, a while. And the guy yeah. who spits, so I hardly know who that even is. Oh, uh, um, yeah, Bedlam, and uh, Bedlam was Terry Crews, and uh, fuck, I can't remember. So they the shot these see. sequences for the trailers to, to make it look like, oh, these guys are kicking everyone's ass, X-Force. X-Force doesn't kick any ass. They, no. they, get, they get interviewed, which was a great sequence during the interviews. With the Vanisher as well. Forget about the Vanisher. Uh, the best part about the Vanisher is um, you get literally half a second to see who it is. Like half a second. It's not even a full second. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, that's <laughs> Brad Pitt. <That's> spoilers. <laughs> I feel like he literally just had to send them like a still image of his face. He probably could have. They probably got him in front of a green screen and just went yeah. that. It was probably an hour of work. Yep. <laughs> I think in the interview said he worked for like a cup of coffee. Right, but that's just brilliant getting Brad Pitt in yeah. there. I was kind of surprised there was no Hugh Jackman cameo anywhere. Maybe, maybe that would have been too on the nose. With there's always like th- three Hugh Jackman references. Or he was well in the mid credits role. Well, I mean, well, I mean that was just footage though. Oh, I mean, okay. getting him actually back. But they, re- they always reference Hugh Jackman. And, and I mean, the, the first the part the, the beginning of it is referencing how they killed him off. It's like oh, I got a top yeah. Logan now, and, and Deadpool kills himself because he's, he's mad about his. His girlfriend getting killed, which is the smartest thing they could have done from the movies, because that would have dragged the whole movie down, having her in it the whole time. Which it almost did anyway to me, always constantly going back and having 
children make us, you know, a chance to be better people. And it's like doing saying that unironically in a Deadpool movie to me, I guess is okay. But to me, that sort of felt out of place to constantly go back to that mm. sort of theme. I feel like you need it. You need to have some grounding in, in real emotions. Yeah. But the, but the fact that it's a family film kind of is kind of cute. And Colossus is good in it. And uh, Negasonic is cute with with the girlfriend. Well, that that was that's my only negative is um, I liked Negas- Negasonic Teenage Warhead a lot. Their their portrayal of her in um, the first Deadpool, and they brought in Yukiko in a totally wildly different form. Than, so I'm familiar with the character at all. But she's not a mutant, and she's not a teenager. <laughs> okay, uh, and uh, I mean. She uses a, a ninja stars um, as her what like the uh, unless I'm missing something the electric powers are brand new to this movie and then um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead um, was just a telepath to begin uh, with in the comics and I think that was I don't remember the first time I saw I, I think I saw her the first time in Astonishing X Men the comics so I think she's from early two thousand I couldn't verify that with Vani but yeah she didn't have like any of that fire stuff or anything really so I'm at the point where you know I don't care if they're minor characters if they change them well at, at this point I don't care how they handle some of this stuff after seeing how well the MCU turns out I don't care when they make these changes because they're writing their own stories they're staying pretty truthful to a lot of things so when they bring in these characters and they try to keep them at least with the same attitude, but they have to change things. It's fine. You're, they make multiple universes in comics. Sure. You, they, they change stuff all the time yeah. within comics. Now it's cool. So the Negasonic version is whatever Yukiko has been, or, or Yukio has been around, but, and that's fine. I would have just liked to have seen them give Negasonic and Yukiko, Yukio more time. It seemed like, they were gearing up for that by bringing in another character that was going to, you know, partner up with her and be her girlfriend. And then she really has very, they, both of them have little screen time in that movie. Well, sure. I mean, they don't have that much screen time in the, in the first one either. Well, that's what I mean. It but, seemed like they were going to give them more. Well, they're, well, they're, I think that being that he was interacting with so many more characters like the X-Force yeah. and Cable. True. Like, I yeah. think that was, they, they managed to squeeze it in. Like, sure. Just the fact that there's a, there is a uh, really good Juggernaut versus Colossus fight, like a proper Juggernaut Colossus fight yeah. in a Deadpool two movie, shocked me, and it was actually well done, you know, to me. It was as good as it could have done with the CG. We disagree on how well the CG was done. I thought the CG was pretty damn good for for that, you know, compared to the CG in the first movie. No, it was it's um, it's it's good. I still think it looks dumb. Well, Juggernaut's a gigantic Hulk yeah. sort of looking guy. You know, but he he had the right attitude. He had the accent and everything. You know, it was interesting. And and in the there was a cute little X Men cameo, which I thought was funny. Hmm? The little X Men cameo in the mansion was funny as hell. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah when, when they're closing the door, yeah, they're actually there. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's our review of, of of Deadpool two. Not eight weeks too late, like usually when we talk about this stuff. But um, we got a lot of interesting news coming out. Um, we knew this was happening. The NES Classic returning since Nintendo announced it last year. Once they, you know, once they realized that hey, the Super Nintendo Classic's going to be big. The NES Classic, we didn't make enough of them. That the NES Classic is coming back. We got, but we got the official official announcement that you know it's coming back on June 29th to stores, and the Super Nintendo Classic is going to be expected to be available through the end of the year, according to Nintendo. So, the only thing to say about this is that uh, Nintendo 
we, we keep saying this, Nintendo quickly, for the most part, in early, uh, early I guess, 2017, realized we, we kind of screwed this up. Yep. We have to reverse course, and now it's too late with the NES Classic. We have to do the Super Nintendo Classic, which came out, what, summer of last year already? When yeah, I, yeah, that was like September, September of last last year. So they probably, for some reason, couldn't do both at the same time again. I don't know why. Maybe maybe they don't have the uh, production set up for both at the same time. You know, they're probably fairly similar products in terms of the insides, the, the guts. But anyway, either way, the fact that they're bringing back the NES Classic can only be seen as good news because people that were heartbroken can now get it. Um, they don't have to be scalped as much anymore. You know, prices have gone down because the interest has gone down. I just don't know if it's too little too late to bring this back, you know, a year and a half later um, because maybe the interest is gone unless they ramp up another, you know, schedule of uh, online advertising. There was no TV advertisement for this or the Super Nintendo Classic, which I thought was weird. Maybe now they Apparently sh- it wasn't necessary. It wasn't, but now that it's going to be widely available, you would assume, because you can find the Super Nintendo Classic fairly easily now. If you walk into a store, I, I get tweets almost every week. Oh, yeah, here's Super Nintendo Classic at my Target or my Walmart. So they made, because they made a lot more. They made millions and several million of the Super Nintendo Classic. They only made, what, 2 million NES Classic worldwide, which is way yeah. too low. So I'm happy that they're bringing this back. Obviously, you want people to be able to get it. It's what The question is going to be is I, I think it will materially be the same. I, I even doubt they would have locked it down so you can't get in there and put on your own ROMs. I don't think they, Nintendo even cares about that, to be honest. No. I, I think it's going to be the same exact thing, same exact packaging. We know it's the same same 30 games, same everything. I just don't know, you know, we don't, we don't know the exact amount, obviously. I know that the pre-order sold out again right away um, from what I heard, I think at least on Amazon. And then we don't know if they're doing extra controllers again, which you assume they would do extra controllers again. At least in a quantity, you can fucking find them in the U.S. and not have to buy them from Europe. Well, those were one of the those were highly scaled as well. So I would imagine that they would do additional controllers. Yeah, so I, would hope. I, I, I better sell my extra U.S. controller now and get like over a hundred bucks for it. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's a great idea. I, I think NES at the store, I still get a number of people looking for them, um, and I tell people about it getting re-released next month. Yeah, and, Super Nintendo Classic is widely available still. And, um, you know, they get excited. As soon as it gets closer or it starts coming out, if they can actually get it on the shelves in the amount that they say they will, and I think they can, um, it's going to be one of those things where people will just pick it up and buy it. They'll have to see it, though. They'll be like, oh, wow, it's available again. Like they're walking into Target or Walmart. But it, Exactly. However, I think Nintendo can do that, and I think it's going to sell just fine. I'm really not concerned about this being able to move. Um, yeah, Super Nintendo Classic, even on eBay, is only going for like 75 bucks on eBay, so that's barely above retail. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, but retail. I thought retail is 79.99. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so that's below. One, one, here's one for 90 bucks. Here's one for, let's see, uh, Super Nintendo Classic. NES Classic looks like it's about 100 to 125 bucks. So it's definitely come back down to earth. Yeah, because people are like, "Probably fuck it," you know. I'll, I can't I'll find it. I'll just either wait or I'm 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 done with it, you know. But yeah, it looks like the it looks like the, the Super Nintendo Classic. I guess okay, ninety five bucks, but it's that's not that much above retail. So that means there's a lot more of them around, right? That are available. So to go along with the re-release of the NES Classic, it looks like Japan is getting a uh, golden Famicom Mini um, that is. Uh, branded with Weekly Shonen Jump. Weekly Shonen Jump is a 
uh, manga magazine um, that comes out in Japan and has been around for, well, 50 years now. Um, and it's highly influential and extremely popular. It's the magazine that Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z were published in, um, uh, stuff like Saint Seiya. Uh, and forgive me if I'm wrong here because I don't know all of my uh, anime and manga well, but I How dare I, you, I would imagine I believe stuff like um, Naruto got its start in there, and probably Bleach. Uh, all of those are you know the typical style uh, you know Shonen Jump uh, manga. So this is an interesting development that it's kind of surprising that that Nintendo would have done this sort of like offshoot license for something like this to me not some i mean nintendo is massive and shonen jump is massive i mean these are two i mean huge things the company that i mean it's not the company that did but the the one of the biggest companies that broke dragon ball and has all of this stuff and okay. nintendo i mean you're talking about two culturally extremely significant so, things so nintendo sees this partnership as okay we can sell a lot of these they can sell a lot to their fans too, right? At the same time, I mean, this would be Cause like because the games on here aren't going to set the world on fire, but it could be no, cool thing. It's to absolutely game wise, it's absolutely nothing important. But it, you have to re- remember, this would be imagine if Nintendo was a company based in the U.S. This would be like Nintendo and Disney doing something. Okay, that, that, that makes sense. That's that's what this. Which now is. I'm wondering why they never did something with Disney. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, well, I see what you're saying. So it's so, not the quality of the games that matters. It's it's, it's the fact that it, it's the characters. It's the yeah. it's the series in the but, game. But you so. see what I mean? This isn't just them putting out their limited edition Tommy Hilfiger fucking Game Boy. This is them putting out a package, yeah, branded. And then all these games that aren't first party games that they're throwing. Oh no, out. absolutely. That's, that's, not. that's why to me it's strange. Yeah, for and them to do that. This is a list of general general bullshit. Um, I, mean, I don't I don't know half of these. We can go through these. So. Um, tag team match muscle is miserable. Is miserable. I've actually, you know what? Actually, playing it for the book, it's not as miserable as once you get into it. It's still not a good game, but it's goofy as fuck. Dragon Quest, you get on here though. Um, Dragon Quest Fist of the North Star, which actually is okay. It's decent. Um, Dragon Ball Shunran Nanazo, I think, is Dragon Power. Yes, which actually isn't a bad game. Um, Kinikuman is I th- see. That's the one I was going to say was muscle, but I guess not. Is muscle. Is the U.S. Muscle tag team, or is it one-on-one? It's tag team. It is. Okay, so then that would be tag team. Uh, Saint Seiya, that game I don't believe came out over here. Captain Subasa, that's awesome. That's Tecmo Cup Soccer. Uh, okay, so maybe this is better than we thought so far, then. This it's isn't... Tecmo Cup Soccer <laughs> game. Tecmo Cup Soccer Part 2 is further down. And then we start getting into stuff that I don't quite remember. Oh, so um, the games aren't as bad. You got Dragon Ball 3. Uh, uh, sorry, phone call. Um, uh, Famicom Jump 2 what is that one uh, those are I believe those are like um, the games that mix like all the characters together. the jump characters together okay so maybe this isn't the game list isn't as bad it's not good okay <laughs> but it's yeah well it's, you, you you like uh, Captain Subasa. oh I do yeah absolutely so so how's I guess that's be interesting anime to read or manga to read um, but I think I want to say, and I can't remember the names. I I believe, I believe a couple of those other Bandai, um, those Bandai released games might be on here too. So so it's the same as the the Famicom Mini. It has the the, the wired in controllers, right? It's just golden, and yeah. it has a separate set of games. gold for the fiftieth anniversary of Shonen Jump. I should have bought the there was, since the game list was different. I probably should have bought the uh, the Famicom Classic. I thought you had one. No, I, I don't. I mean, it's, it's you can get it easily. Yeah. I think. 
Uh, all right. Well, this is it's interesting. But yeah, I had no interest in a Famicom but, Mini, and I have no interest in an NES Mini. But this, because of its weird go specificity, out yeah, I would almost be interested in this. You know, you can't play Dragon Quest and some of the other games you can't play. Yeah. I wonder how many games you can actually play out of here. Probably more than half without knowing Japanese. I just think it's cool because of the Shonen. Death Even Shonen Emperor's Shonen. on there. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I know that was that was originally a, a manga property or whatever. All right. So okay. Well, go go grab your gold Famicom, and I'll buy buy another NES Classic just to have one. No, <laughs> I, I got I got two of them. I think. Yeah. I think I'm good. You hoarder. Uh, <laughs> So, Steam's been cracking down on Steam lately. Steam <laughs> Cracking down on um, games with nudity, you know, quote-unquote sexy games lately. Sexy games. In a continually confusing, um, continually confusing their, their rules for the ability, you know, um, uh, regarding uh, games with nudity, games uh, incorporating sex. Um, so... It was brought to our attention a few days ago that um, a few companies have been told that they need to patch or censor or remove certain scenes from their games or have them removed from the store by Steam by the end of the month. Um, a couple of these games are fairly well-known or fairly popular. Mainly visual novels and dating sims. It's like um, Honey Pot makers of dating Honey sims. Pop. Honeypot. Honeypop is a puzzle game with uh, visual dating sim elements okay. in it, and I've played that one, and I can talk about that a little bit more. The other ones that have been mentioned are more visual novel based. Um, the one that is the one that I wanted to bring up. Let me just find the name on that one real quick. Uh, it is right here. So what Honeybot Pop tweeted that they received an email from Valve saying the game violates the rules and guidelines for pornographic content on Steam and will be removed from the store unless the game is updated to remove said content. So they they stated that it had pornographic content. Does that game have pornographic content? Mildly. We'll get there. Okay. So... Honey... Okay, so Honey Pop is a puzzle game that has... It's a fun puzzle game, too. has pornographic content... Drawn pornographic content. Basically, you date women, you have to buy them some gifts, go on a couple of dates. The dates play out as puzzle games, action puzzle games. That's like dating. It's a puzzle. It's fun. And then <laughs> at the end, you get you know you get a couple of um, you know as you go on, you get a couple of more risque pictures of them in like lingerie or they have you know their bra off or whatever. And then at the end, there's like a couple pictures that are a sex scene. It's pretty standard vanilla stuff. And if I recall correctly, it's censored when you, or it's it, it doesn't show anything from the waist down when you um, buy it on Steam. It just shows. So it's not pornographic. It just shows topless. It's just nudity. Yes, yeah, nudity is not pornography. Right. Well, you can uncensor it with a patch. Okay, but that's always been known, and the patch has to be got off Steam. You buy it separately? No, you don't buy it. They give it away for free, and it has to be. You find it. Outside of Steam. Oh, okay. okay. And you go back in and patch it. Okay. And you go back in and you patch it. And even okay. then, it's pretty mild stuff. It's like the coffee thing. It's pretty mild. Um, and it's just still images. Okay. So another one, Kindred Spirits, which I've only heard about, is a more of a visual novel one. And that one has nudity. Okay. 
but it requires quite a bit of work to get there. Okay. And it's more of a visual novel from what I've read about friendship, that sort of thing. Friendship with, with boobies. Uh, yeah. Uh, I believe it's, you know, girls in a school, they, they get along, they talk. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a it's, once again, it's a fairly mild one. So... What is this pirate adventure mutiny? They don't, uh, according to them, Steam will be pulling their game in two weeks for reports of pornographic content. They claim that they had been one of the strictest developers in terms of following Steam's guidelines. Yep. And absolutely nothing in Mutiny, which is a sexy pirate adventure, nothing violates the guidelines. They also say that their publishers, Manga Gamer, met with Valve before the game's release and were told their content was fine on, fine yes. on Steam. So this is, another, this is another instance where that one has nudity, nothing else is shown, you can patch it off-site if you want to after you buy it okay but they yeah they worked hand in hand with steam to make sure that everything was um kosher uh so did uh whoever created honey pop i can't remember the name um and that game got a lot of press around the time it got released because it's actually a fucking fun game i mean that's why fucking fun anyways um that's why i had it and then this kindred spirits one i've only heard about so you look at these and these are getting crap. And like I said, it's nudity or suggestive. And I, when you unpatch it, some of them definitely show more. These need to be taken down, yet you have games like The Witcher on there. There's a major AAA release. Major AAA release. Definitely, you know, far more suggestive sex scenes, animated. Um, I believe toplessness, but, you know, once again, it doesn't show anything below the waist. And these don't have issues, but these sorts of games do. And what it comes down to is people are beginning to think that if it's anime or anime in style, that's what's kind of getting these flagged. There seems to be some sort of there seems to be some sort of bias going on between either developers that don't have money to do something about this and developers that do, like AAA games, mm-hmm. or it's in the style. Um, you know, anime or hand-drawn versus, you know, Western style and 3D models. But there definitely seems to be a um, a double standard of some sort going on here. So this goes back to, let's see, uh, U.S.-based anti-porn advocacy group, this is from PCGamesN.com, has claimed credit for Valve's move to censor visual novels. The National Center on Sexual Exploitation, formerly known as Morality in Media, great, uh, posted a press release Friday saying Valve's move came after a two-year campaign by the Center to pressure Valve into removing sexually exploitative content from Steam. Exploitative. They had placed Valve on their 2018 Dirty Dozen list and orchestrated an intensive social media campaign that began May 10th and encouraged users to tweet directly at Valve and Steam. Do you think that had anything to do with this? Because Valve can be like, fuck off. If, I mean, like, because they're not buying the games. This morality and media group, was that like the, like the ones that went after WWE like 20 years ago? Probably something similar. The parent-teacher fucking group? I don't know, but if they do... Hungry. It's upsetting. Because then I think it really is they're going for... Then they're just going for image, which... I think you hear about pornographic games on the internet these days and immediately people think dating sims, they think the anime art style, they go, okay, well, we'll cut down these ones that are well-known or that are easily findable, and then they're not going to think about the fact that, you know, that there's 
sex in all sorts of modern AAA games. Well, it says, according to this, on a separate page, distinct from their Steam campaign, the NCOSE, National Center on Exploit- Sexual Exploitation, lists big-budget titles like Witcher 3 and Mass Effect oh. Andromeda as also being sexually exploitative. Okay, people. We stop policing fucking media. We fucking stop it. Yeah. And not just that, Valve. I'm disappointed. If if you let you kowtow to these people that won't affect fucking sales at all, let them just yell into a void. Like, like this happens when there's always backlash against someone who says something or did whatever. It's people that are yelling about that have no intention of ever buying or doing business with you. Let them just yell into the void and it'll go away. Yeah. You're not okay. losing customers. These are people who weren't going to shop with you anyway. Now you're losing sales from these games, which I guess if you're Steam, you don't care. You, you sales no matter what, but just I don't get it. If the game's de- describing what's in the... If it's... If the description says this is for adults only or mature and this is what's in the game, then there shouldn't be an issue with it. I don't get it. Yeah. Let's well, just something else going on here. If you have rules, enforce them across the board and let developers know what's up because to some of these developers, they can get crippled by this. Yeah. They'll be crippled because either their sales will be gone or maybe... What if they have a game in development ready to go out in a couple months? And all of a sudden, it's okay, we can't put boobies in anymore. You can make your you can pass judgment on whether or not you think you want to play a game with booze. There's a there's a market for it either way. There's a market for it, and if it was allowed before, why isn't it allowed now for some games having boobs and some? It doesn't make any sense. Well, that's the thing. It's 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 all or nothing. Either way, uh, breasts is not pornography. Pornography is is sexual acts. Yeah, toplessness so, is toplessness. Yeah. So either way, that's weird. I'm having my RX bar right now. So yeah, it's just a weird situation. I mean, I was at PAX East, and I was looking at some games that were like, yo, they're sexually suggestive or whatever. I'm like, oh, they're going to get in trouble now just because of that? Uh, Neko Works, makers of Tropical Liquor, say we've been informed that adult content and Tropical Liquor must be censored by the end of the month or the game will be removed from Steam. To which Honeypot replied, it's an anime titty holocaust. <laughs> there you have it. Well, hopefully... Uh, Valve does the right thing. This one article on PC Gamer said they kind of walked it back a little bit on the visual, um, on the visual magazine games or visual whatever. Visual novel. Visual novels, whatever. Uh, well, who knows? I just think it's weird that all of a sudden this becomes a thing, and these games have been on there for years. Well, it becomes a thing every few years, and then usually nothing really happens. But who knows? So, all right. Well, best of luck to uh, Honeypot and Loopysoft and everyone else getting into trouble there. Uh, Ian, this is uh, almost breaking news about Best Buy ending their Gamers uh, Club program to get, what was it, 20% off of uh, of games? So, somewhat Pre-orders. Similar, or, yes, almost somewhat similar to Amazon Prime having that for new games, but for Amazon Prime, you had, I think you had up to like the game being out for like a couple of weeks to get 20% off, something like that, I believe it was. The last time I bought it, a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So they're shutting down, Best Buy is shutting down their... Um, their their gamers club program. Uh, if it was first uh, in a leaked memo, but then they announced, yeah, we're just going to shut it down. Current customers can still receive their uh, gamers club unlocked benefits until their subscription expires, but no new customers will be able to subscribe. So this is going to wind down. Sounds like uh, this year or two. Uh, discounts on nearly all games sold at Best Buy. Two, a two-year GCU membership used to cost thirty bucks, but it offered twenty percent off all new games and pre-orders. Members also saved 10% off used games and received an extra 10% in trading credit. I have no idea how well the Best Buy trading program went. I haven't stepped into a Best Buy in probably five years. 
six years. I have no idea. Uh, the I've only I go into a Best Buy once in a blue moon, and I'll quickly spin down the video game aisle. Um, it's usually to get. We we almost never go there with any purpose in mind. It's just we're next to one, so oh, I need a power cable or something like that. Um, but I the the video game section in the ones near here, especially the one out by that Mission Valley Mall. Mm-hmm. The video game section is always barren, and I don't recall ever seeing any used video games. So I've always wondered where they store the used games. Maybe it just never really took off in San Diego. Um, so I'm guessing if you have the membership, it's still going to be good until it runs out. Yes, it is. But, so, but for the most part, then unless you enroll before the last day, in two years from now, there's no no one going to be left. Probably the majority won't won't be there a year from now. Yeah, they no. didn't do any warning on it. It was just, we're not doing it anymore, so no one could rush out and, and do it again, which to me says they were eating a ton of money on it. And of course they were, because there's really almost no markup whatsoever on new video games. So, so Pat, man, if 20% off of a $60 game is 48 bucks, $12 off. So at $48, are they even breaking even Best Buy on wholesale of these games? Do you want to wait until you finish your bar before we keep going? No, I don't. I'm starving. Well, that's why I said, do you want to wait until you finish your bar? You're chewing into my ear. Um, I would imagine that even a store gets a huge discount on a on a game that they get for brand new. They're maybe making... Let's see. This is the cheapest we would ever... Yeah, I mean, 48 bucks would be about... Break break even, absolute break even. <laughs> if you're getting a good deal on that game, maybe they're making like three bucks on that game. Because forty eight was, if we were lucky, we would get a game in for forty eight. Most of the time, it'd be like fifty five, and then you factor in shipping and all that stuff. So that couldn't have been, you know, anything good for them. Um, so they probably just <clears throat> figured, well, these people are are not really buying anything else here, so it's not even a loss leader anymore. It's just we're just losing money. Right. doing this. They're not coming in and buying a controller. They're not going to buy uh I don't know Best Buy points even. I don't like they probably figured this will get people into the door to buy other stuff. But no, they're just going people are probably signing up for this program <clears throat> and just buying video games. Yeah, and from what I understand, you could use it online, which is an even worse thing. Lost leaders don't work if you don't walk into a store. Yes. You have I mean, you have to walk into a store for that sort of thing to work. Lost leaders, you walk in, you buy something that's cheaper, that's usually more expensive for the store, and then you walk around and you grab a bunch of other things that they actually make money on. There's nothing to walk around and look at in an online store. If you're even remotely disciplined, you go on, you buy your cheap video game, and you log back off, and that's it. Just so, just so people know what a lost leader is, because it's weird. I know the term from working in a gro- grocery store. I Yeah, same. Well, not a grocery store from restaurants and shit like that. What a loss leader is, it means it's the, the, the first thing that entices you to, to get into the store to buy. And the store is usually taking a loss on it. But then while you're in the store, you're going to buy something else that turns a profit. So, for example, you know, it's like having, I don't know, uh, meat on sale in a supermarket. But you're still going to buy eggs and cheese and milk. And that's where the profit comes in. Yeah. So that's a loss leader. Something that leads the rest of the buying, I guess. Yeah. It's the Pied Piper that gets you into the uh, the supermarket. It's the it's a discount Pied Piper. Yes, <laughs> and then you're taking for a ride buying eggs or or they'll be the cheese. You get what we're saying. Yeah, <laughs> so, right, without Wikipedia, it that's what a loss leader is. Um, so 
what what's concerning about this is this does not surprise me um but i think this is a fairly this could indicate that perhaps we might see this stop with amazon well that'd be bad for me <laughs> it'd be bad for me too although i don't really honestly i don't take advantage of it and prime just raised their, 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 their 20 bucks up to 99 to 120 a year which is still a great deal they can raise it 200 dollars probably still be a good deal yeah it's it's still a good deal um but with so Amazon started that, and then Best Buy did it to compete, and Best Buy can't handle it, so they dropped. Um, I'm wondering if that's enough to show Amazon that, okay, we did it. We had someone try to compete with it. They couldn't hang. Do we really need to do this anymore? Sure. We've already bled them dry, in essence, from this, because Amazon can take the hit more than Best Buy can. Right. So they're like, okay, maybe we'll get rid of it. And you're right. They, they can probably get rid of it whenever they want, you know. And yeah. Who, what are you going to do? There's nowhere else to go to get the discount anymore. You know. So it, that's it, a hefty twenty percent off is hefty off of something that's brand new. That's a hefty discount. Yeah, it is twenty percent. Like ten percent is even like you don't see ten percent off new stuff a lot of times. Twenty percent is a chunk. Yeah. Um. The the memo, the internal memo that leaked said for a variety of reasons. Yeah, we decided that our gamers club programs will not be accepting new members for one reason. Variety. Money. Current members will continue to receive their benefits. Yeah, because that's probably legal. You have to do that. We encourage everyone else to use our My Best Buy membership to receive perks and blah, blah, blah. But um, let's see. But they, got, they said they got to remove all signage. Everything's got to be removed from the sales floor and front lanes immediately. Like, you know, yeah. this is done. This is just <laughs> don't remind people that they have it <laughs> and yep. don't get anyone new because we're losing tons of money on this. Man. I can't. I. The, the percentage of people that probably buy their games from Best Buy that have this probably killed all the profit from it. It has to be, even if like, if you figure if there's not much margin to begin with for profit, if even 20%, 25% of the people had this program and used it for new games, that killed the profit. Like mm-hmm. it was just done. Oh yeah. Or, or it might be worse than that. Maybe it's half. Because you know, gamers are, are know about this stuff. They find out. And who's going to walk into a Best Buy randomly to buy a video game? Once you walk into a GameStop instead or a Target or you know, or a Walmart, like Best Buy is sort of fringy now in terms of why you walk in there for. Yeah. That Circus City exists almost only online now. So Best Buy is probably not doing that well either. Yeah. It's like think. all my used stuff I get from Luna. And then the last few new games I've purchased have actually been from Target just because I find myself in Target for other things. And you get it and you can get the Target credit card or, or debit card. You get 5% off all your purchases. Yeah, I didn't even know so that. even that's a discount. That's, I got that when I got my switch and I saved like, what was that? 30 to Pat map. It's like fucking 15, 20 bucks. So there you go. When I bought my uh, Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe, I think that's when it came out. That's when they had it stocked. Good old Switch. You can buy it anywhere now. <laughs> so anything else to add? You still think Amazon's going to be done with this too? They're like, oh, well, we killed them off. We're going to... We'll see. I mean, they started it on their own as a way to entice people into um, Prime. And they may keep it. I mean, honestly, it's a great perk of having Prime. And you pay 120 a year for Prime. Granted, you get the video and now you get music and you get the delivery but it's okay it's a, it's a big thing oh so amazon i was right it used to be two weeks after a game's launch now it's just pre-orders they changed that yeah that okay. that i noticed so maybe okay. they'll just stay with that because that's interesting once it's out still having 20 percent off that's yeah they haven't yeah they got rid of that pretty quickly because they probably realized wow we're, we're, we're taking a hit here oh, too they, they were not that amazon it is it can, cannot just buy and sell all of us but you know uh 
Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world now. He's worth the most, at least. He's worth like, what is it, $700 billion or something ridiculous? Jesus. Again, it's not liquid cash, though, but still. Anyway, so, um, yeah, we'll see if we get another. What, 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 what's the program from GameStop you get for percentage off? What do you get? You get like a free towel when you walk in? What, what, what do they offer? <laughs> GameStop towel, power to the players? <laughs> Get a beanie? What what do they, what do they give you there? Uh, nothing. They give you nothing. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting topic, Ian. That we we almost brought this up last time, but for some reason we didn't want to. But something that you're very excited about it's the Super SD System Three. Why don't you tell us all, Ian, what it's all about? So there are some reviews on this out already, and I, I would like to look into it a little bit more, but. This is just um, something that's particularly interesting to me. The Super SD System 3 is uh, an SD card adapter that can plug into the expansion port on a um, PC Engine um, and I believe a TurboGrafx-16 as well. Yeah, it should be the same. In the yeah, map. PC Engine, Core Graphics, Core Graphics 2, and Super Graphics. Um, it allows you to play uh, the um, Who cards... Um, turbo chip, uh, and then CD, Super CD, and even arcade CD-ROM um, ISOs um, directly from an SD card uh, without the need for the CD hardware um, or even an arcade card. It will double as the arcade card. Um, it'll it'll act as the arcade card. And the arcade card is, is the 3.0 card plus... The extra memory for what is it, fifteen to twenty games? Yeah, something like that. Something around like those like lines. like the like the Neo Geo arcade games. Yeah, like mostly that. Neo Geo arcade ports, um, Fire Let's Pro Women's, and um, that up while we do this, and uh, a handful of Mahjong games. Are you, I have them. Are you serious? Yeah, there's like, like two two Mahjong games. I like think the most advanced Mahjong games known to man. Uh, lots of animation. <laughs> so, uh, it's. Expensive. Uh, it's about three hundred bucks. It's more. It's more than that when you do the pat math. It's like three twenty. Two hundred forty euros. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not cheap. But you know what? It was, we were talking about this before. I was surprised how much in value the arcade card went up in value. The orange, because I bought mine in two thousand ten for like thirty bucks. Yeah. And now it's worth like about one hundred eighty, two hundred, something like that. Oh yeah, and this also does like H. Uh, this also does RGB out. This also has RGB output, which is pretty impressive. So it depends on what you want to do. It sounds very expensive, and it is, but it does quite a lot if it does it well. Um, so you can get a standard core turbo PC engine. Especially if you're looking at a PC Engine or a Core Graphics or a little something square, like that. little white or gray one. Yeah, you can get those for relatively cheap online. If you don't have to get them shipped, they're like forty bucks, right? Yeah, fifty, fifty, sixty. You know, they're cute. They're tiny. They should have been like that in the U.S. They should have been cute. Um, with this, so you're looking at three fifty. This eliminates the need for you to get an arcade card. Oh, this can't plug into a turbo. Now I'm looking at it. Okay, it's t- it's different in the back. I think. Yeah, I think it's different. Uh, so it plugs into. Let me double check here. PC Engine Core Graphics, Core Graphics, yeah, no too, turbo. Super Graphics. That's fine. Okay. So it plugs into those, and it gives you all of your CD capability. AV Multi Out Composite Video and Stereo Audio compatible with Mega Drive or Genesis Two AV cables. There you go. Those everyone. Those are cheap. Yep. You buy those for a dollar fifty. And it gives you the arcade card function. So an arcade card pro 
is uh, that's what you need for the um, non-duo units. That goes for shit like two hundred, I think. One fifty. The system, the three, just the regular three point No, the arcade card pro. The the one we're talking about. Yeah, it was like eight one eighty when I looked it up last. Okay, night. those are so that's expensive. Keep in mind, there's only I looked it up. There's only one, two, three, four, five. There's eleven arcade CD-ROM games, and then for regular. Uh, that's and, it. Yeah. There's okay. only 11. And then um, the arcade card duo is about 50 to 70 bucks. There's only I think. 11? I thought there was more than that. So if you want to go with a... Um, if you want to do software on hardware, if you want to go essentially an EverDrive route, this is a fantastic way to do it. This is way better than going with... Friday it works. Well, you, it says, well, because you get the CD games too. If you, if you find, yeah, the, if you find this, the ISOs for them. So many of the great games on the PC Engine are CD based. Um, the the uh, Turbo and the PC Engine EverDrives are fantastic. But I've always told people the thing that is less than stellar about it is half the library is missing. You're only accounting for one half the library, um, and you can still burn those. But burning CD-ROM games for the PC Engine is a nightmare. You have to do it as slow as you possibly can. Um, it's not as simple as just finding uh, necessarily an ISO. You have to find a specific type. Sometimes you have to load, uh, you know, you have to load a wave files separately for the background oh, music. Okay. Yes. Um, it can be difficult. This makes it a whole lot easier, and you don't need to have you know need to go and buy a ton of you know blank CDs and constantly check these and retry these. Plus, there's always the talk of how burning the CDs for the um, PC Engine ruins the CD drive, taxes it harder because um, you're you're already burning lower quality CDs. Okay, that's what everyone has said. I, I, that sounds strange, just because the CDs that were made in the late '80s, early '90s aren't as good as the ones you get today. So it just sounds strange to me. If this is, it's expensive, but for what you pay, you should get yeah an all okay. an all encompassing emulation on original hardware. In, in game menu trigger for faster loading solution. Store each game backup RAM to micro SD, allowing infinite game saves. That's pretty cool. It is because uh, the memory can be fickle on a PC engine as well. So I. Can you also play Turbo Hue card images on this? Are they .pce? Aren't they? I think they are. I think they are. Mm-hmm. Without, yeah, I think that yeah, they should be exactly the same. I would imagine. Yeah, I don't think that'd be locked. Okay, so so this for the right person, I would say for the person that already has, I'd say the core graphics or original PC engine, this is probably their best route. Yeah, to me, to me. Now, that said, I would still love to see a modernized something like that, like that uh, freaking, what was that, that Freak system where it was built in, it was like the Retron 5, but also had Turbo games built in. I would love to have a solution to get HDMI out, you know, on a modern system. I mean, a modern sort of Turbo slash CD system. That's what I would like. Sure. Maybe we're not there yet. Maybe this is the... The, a go between or an alternative option. I'd be interested in yeah. how many people would prefer the RGB. I would prefer the RGB over the HDMI, and that's what they have. I wonder if that yeah, was but a most choice. Most people don't have something with RGB. Yeah, but a lot of people who are playing this well, would want that. 
Yeah. This is very targeted. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, this isn't a mass. This isn't an item for mass consumption anyway. Well, it has the AV multi out as well, but you're not, there's no HDMI composite video. Okay. All right. Well, get this to play your 11 CD arcade games. I already have. I only have. I have the Neo Geo ones, which is like three of them, right? World Heroes, there's Fatal Fury Special, I think. Fatal Fury Special, Fatal Fury 2, and... Uh, Here's the list. Let's just go through Artifice. the fucking list. There's only 11 of them. Um, so you got Garu Densetsu 2. That's Fatal Fury That's 2. That's Fatal Fury 2. You have Ryu no Ken, which is Art of Fighting, which I love that game. You get World Heroes 2. Which I, so I think I have all three of those. Then you get Mad Stalker Full Metal 4th. Never played that. Looks cool. It's a beat em up. You get the Strider game in there. Okay. Uh, Battlefield 94 in Tokyo Dome. No idea what that is. That's uh, that's Fire Pro Women's. I have that. Okay. That's what it is. Fatal Fury Special, which I have that one. Uh, another uh, Fire Pro Joshi. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the one I have. Okay. So that's... What is that one? Is that, is that the, the female one? Or which one that's is that? That's the female one. Okay. Um, so I don't think I played that. And then you have uh, Far East of... Eden, a, it's a series of role-playing video games. Okay, it's a role-playing game. And then finally, you get uh, Sapphire. Uh, there's Sapphire, well, then it's missing some. There's also Mahjong Sword, and then... Well, this is just Wikipedia, so it must be missing something. Mahjong Sword, and then there's another Mahjong one. Although, some of there's games that can use the arcade card that don't require it, which are missing oh, okay. from maybe, that list. Maybe that's why it is. Okay, you're, you're good with just the three uh, 2.0 card. Or, excuse me, 3.0 card. For a super CD-ROM, remember super CD-ROM, you need a 3.0 card, which in the U.S. is, is goes for a ton of money. Uh, I think it's like two hundred dollars the U.S. one, unless you had a uh, Turbo Duo. Duo, which was beat it, uh, built in. But then you still needed the arcade card. But in the U.S., they didn't have it because they didn't have because we got we got shit on in the U.S. when it came to this stuff. So all right, well, so Ian Ian might get this if he saves his allowance money. I probably will not. Yeah, I'll probably keep collecting physical. I just think it's a really cool thing that's out there now. This was an interesting uh, topic about collectors being trolled by a Craigslist ad in San Francisco. Brought to attention by, once again, third pockets in a row, our pal Chris Kohler. Chris Kohler of the week. The Chris Kohler co- topic of the week. Week, week. We got to get to record something. Like, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Chris. Uh, all right. So the, the, the Craigslist ad was taken down, but I did see it. Um, so did I. It was advertised a huge moving sale. On May 19th at 8 a.m. Okay? I'm not sure the exact area in San Francisco. It looks like, according to the picture here, that, thank God, there's a screenshot of it. It was Trinity Hills Lane at Wood Hollow Drive. So the location was marked there. Which you don't often see that on on these ads for, like, garage sales or whatever else. I don't see sure. that all the time. Hi. So, it's usually, usually I just see, like, what the address is. I don't see it, like, on a Google map. Anyway. Moving sale this Saturday, 5, 19 at 8 a.m. Lots of great stuff. Can't take a lot with us, so we need to downsize. Please bring cash and make offers. Just need the stuff gone. Hope to see you there. Items include furniture, clothes, yard equipment, TV, Legos, board games, collectibles, art, baby stuff, toys, boxes of video games, see pictures, tools, housewares, electronics, craft supplies, and a lot more. So there's like 12 pictures of stuff when you scroll through it. Now I can't have access to all of them because the listing was removed by the author. But there was, what, three to four, five pictures of video game pictures. Like, one is, what, Super Nintendo games. I think one was maybe Genesis. 
But the one that caught my eye and Chris's was a bunch of TurboGrafx-16 stuff. Yeah. A box console, the box turbo stick, the box turbo tap, turbo pad. And then you had, looks like, uh, 11 games in the box, including, yeah, you had some of the crappy ones, like JJ and Jeff. Then you get uh, Bonk 3 in the box, which goes for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. World Sports Competition, a later release. Uh, so, obviously, if you're on Craigslist and you're looking for... Uh, moving sale or garage sales, you see this and you're clicking like, holy shit. Yeah. This is this is the mother load. So, according to Chris, I haven't seen any articles written about this. Chris said, and I even asked him, hey, Chris, did you show up to this? Because I'm guessing he did. He probably did. I don't know how he would know about this, but he maybe didn't. But he said, this was apparently a troll listing that had a bunch of Bay Area collectors standing around in the middle of nowhere this morning. So I guess the Google... Uh, or whatever the the map image with the address was was nowhere. It wasn't someone's house. It was just nowhere. <laughs> that you had a bunch of people show up to at eight a.m. Probably before that. Oh boy! And they got they got their asses trolled. I have a feeling Chris probably did not show up. You don't think so? No, <laughs> I don't think. Going, Chris? You don't think so? No. Okay. Um, you think he's got the word from other friends? Yeah, I. I look at it and it's. I like, know Chris goes early to these things. Well, like sure. I look at this and I think, okay, the guy who posted this is a jerk. And at the same point, I feel like this was a fairly obvious troll. It was that obvious where it's like housewares, collectibles, toys, Legos, video games. We've got like, to he's go. going he's going for every everything cuz yeah. Lego collectors are just as nuts. nuts. Board, I, I, so are board game I mean, yeah. he's he's hitting all of the major whoever posted it hits all of the major um you know, uh, you know, categories that people want to find at a moving sale. It's, if you are having a real one, you do want to make sure you hit those. But it's the magic, we just need to get rid of this stuff. And then you go and you take pristine photos. I mean, the, the, the turbo photos, like laying it all out like that and stuff. If you're moving and you're having a moving sale, you take box pictures of boxes. You know, you're like, here's a box with this stuff. Here's a box with other video game stuff. It just seems strange to me. If someone was a Turbo Graphics fan and collector and had managed to keep stuff in that good of condition, and it was all complete, and they had those specific games, it, it, it's just too unbelievable to me. That's the sort of person that would have sold all that stuff way ahead of time if they wanted to get money out of it. Sure. I just don't find it believable that that's something someone's just going to let go. Sure. You might find a box of that stuff randomly at a moving sale. I have a friend who did. I, I, I have a friend who um, I think I talked about on here before, but like a year ago, uh, a friend called me at like fucking six in the morning. He's out on New York time and I, I didn't answer and he sent me some texts and he did. He got a really great, it was, it was a turbo graphics find. He got it from a garage sale and it was about 15 games, a system, and they were mostly complete. Some had their boxes, some didn't. But it was just that. It was just like one box. Yeah. You know, he asked, do you have, a, do you have any show. other, you know, video game stuff? No, it was, it's just this. But, you know, the system was complete. Some of the games were nice. But it, it was. It was in a box, you know, and it was that one great grab. You know, it's not... You know, but it wasn't like there were no pictures on yes. that, you know, and it's not boxes and boxes and not everything is immaculate. People that are getting rid of stuff 
for whatever cheap. They don't give a shit. They're not going to take the time to, let's say, know the value of it and get money. They're going to take these pristine t- pictures. Doesn't make any sense. Right. If you're going to take these sort of pictures, you're not going to say, okay, ten bucks for all this. Yeah, you're not going to take all these pictures and spend all the time out and then say, come give me a so you know. A f- Fucking handful. I'm of not dollars. saying it's not bad to troll these people. It's absolutely bad to do that. No, it's but bad. You're, you're you're pretty gullible if you see all these pictures taken. Did no one do a Google image search on some of these two to see what would uh, potentially come yeah, up? That would be interesting. You know, like I'm sure these pictures were not the, the person who put these together. They probably just grabbed them from from various places. I wish I saw the pictures. When I tried to load the page a few times, it was really slow for some reason. I guess it was getting getting hit, or a lot of people were finding out about this. I didn't see any Reddit posts. So it was just what what Chris sent, but um. Yeah, I would have investigated the exact spot before I went just to make sure. Just because I'm just paranoid about this sort of stuff. I would have said, okay, where exactly is Let's look on a Google image, you know, like a map and see where I'm at. Oh, it's a field somewhere. Oh, that's probably not good. Lest anyone I wonder if the person who posted this, like the killer coming back to the scene, the crime was there. And like looking around like, oh, what's going on? I'm getting his jollies off. Or or in the car (laughs) taking pictures. Right. Or do you think this was targeted against a certain individual, that, or someone that doesn't like the fact that you have a bunch of scalpers or resellers? That are going I, I out think and it's probably someone like that who thinks they're being they're being cute. They're being cute. Which, like I said, that's that's, that's still a dick move. But I think everyone, I, this is where we've gotten to. I think with this sort of stuff is you get people who are all pissy and pissed off about you know this sort of thing, and then you get the people who are way too eager to jump on anything that seems even remotely. Like they can, you know, get their hands on stuff. Maybe some people want this because they just want it. Maybe some people want to grab it because they see it as I can turn, you know, fifteen bucks into a thousand. I, I would. I think most of it would be to make money off. Probably. It. I. No. I don't want to think that. I don't. But yes, that's probably it. You're so innocent, Ian. Well, less people think I'm making fun of people and I'm acting like I'm never not gullible. I once tried to buy some drug from a street corner pharmacist and they never came back with my drug, so I lost fifty dollars. What were you trying to buy, Ian? I was trying to buy marijuana. A young 14-year-old Ian. $50. Well, just get a dime bag. I was really... I really wanted some marijuana, and I was... Uh, you really wanted $50 worth. You wanted a whole weekend of fun. Yeah. I was, like, fucking 16. I was dumb. Oh, Ian. I didn't... I, know, I never really bought marijuana. I bought acid. Oh, okay. Acid was easy. Acid was easier to buy? Oh, acid was far easier to buy really? when I was in high school. Yeah. I did not know that was all. I, I did not. Do I lived in a school. strange time. I, a lot of people will tell you the late nineties. Really easy to get acid in the Northeast. All right. Anyway, so I've never. The only time I ever got screwed on a deal was someone off of Digital Press, and I'd done Digital Press deals before, like three or four. This is like two thousand five. Are you talking like the message boards? Yeah, yeah. So I'd done. Uh, that's how I got like some of my rare NES games. I got like not like dirt cheap, but like bases loaded four. I got off of like a. Off of like a forum board like that, so I did like three or four deals. Everything was fine. It's, I got like my Ninja Guide Guide in Trilogy, for example, for like I'm not talking like dirt cheap, but like half the price of eBay. People was like, oh, half the price. So it's it's, it's PayPal, whatever. It's no, no no bullshit. And then someone screwed me out of like ninety dollars worth of games. All right, if I go back, I can find who that person is. Still, ooh, I should. Ooh. Oh, that would be interesting. Oh no, time doesn't heal all wounds. But that was, um, yeah, I probably can still log into my digital press uh, form uh, post and see who that was. And that'd be an interesting segment. Maybe I'll do that. Because <laughs> okay. I, I found them on Facebook, I remember, like a year later. Again, this is like 2006. So I, I found them a year later, and they, they ignored me. All right. I just thought of a new to- future topic. Maybe I'll do that for the fifth anniversary. Okay. That might be fun. That would be the scumbag seller of the, of the decade for me. <laughs> all right. So, all right, Chris, I'm sorry if I thought you went there, but you... You, you might have been there. 
Okay. Ian. Yeah. So we got this Bloodstained game coming out. We talked about like one of the first podcasts we ever did, I think. Uh, or, or not the, one of the first, but it was a while ago for the Bloodstained uh, Kickstarter. Well, this is, yeah. And it's still not coming out. This yet. is like three years we're going on now for Bloodstained, right? When, when was the Bloodstained Kickstarter? I know we talked about it. No, we sure did. Bloodstained Kickstarter. And, and, and this is like a uh, Castlevania style game mm-hmm. where it's, it's more the later Castlevania. By Koji Garashi. RPG elements you yep. can explore around, you know. The uh, more Metroid-y type. That was over three years ago. It was March 2015. Okay. So it's been a while. It's been a while. And it was supposed to come out March of last year. Woo! Originally. So they're a little bit behind here. Cooking along. Which is fine, as long as you're not getting pizza uh, pizza pepperoni explosions like Money Number 9. Yeah. <laughs> as long as people think they like the game, they can wait, right? Right. Well, I so, mean, that's my take on it. But so we'll they see. raised... They raised Five point five four million dollars, sixty four thousand eight hundred and sixty seven backers uh, want to play this game. Well, not that many, but almost that many are getting the game. It's like okay, it's like sixty four thousand people want this game. So, in the meantime, though, before it's coming out, they said we're going to do an eight bit style game. Yeah. So, uh, Bloodstained uh, Curse of the Moon is uh, coming out uh, this week, actually, May 24th. Um, and it is going to be the uh, companion slash lead-in to Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, um, which, well, that's the original one that was kickstarted, and hopefully we'll get to see, um, you know, someday before we die. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, it's it's going to... Uh, it, it's, it's in the 8-bit... Um, sprite graphic style and it's not cheating it looks 8-bit to me yeah they're not cheating here and um it is in the vein of um castlevania 3 and it looks semi-open vein it's in the lungs and the heart uh it it, it looks to be level based but semi-open like um like rondo of blood Okay. So I'm very interested in the uh, and how the game will turn out. There's multiple characters like Castlevania multiple, 3. Multiple like Castlevania there's a, 3. There's one character with a whip. There's yep. one that uses magic. There's one that's like a thief, right? So they're, 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 yeah. it's Castlevania 3, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 looks, it looks to be um, like a very interesting game. The animation is spectacular. Yeah, I don't think it... I, I'm not... If this is... I'm not sure what they're pushing here or how they're trying to get it done. Um if they're using, I, I don't think it's legitimately eight bit. Some of these dragons and stuff are way too, well, way too impressive. Once you start getting the widescreen stuff, yeah. it's, it's not a Nintendo game. Yeah. it's not an NES game. I thought that's what you were trying to say. You thought it was. No, I'm just saying like the, oh, the, the eight bit palette. Like, sure, yeah, like yeah. they're not cheating. It's no, not like, no, they're using a, an eight bit palette. I'm saying it's an NES game. It's obviously not. So it looks fantastic. I'm looking very forward to playing it. I was hoping it was going to come out before this podcast. Um, and it, it has not. Uh, but I'll definitely be grabbing this on Thursday and playing it. Have you found your Switch? Are you going to give this a go? A little mockery in that tone. Yes, I found my <laughs> fucking Switch. Okay, good. I actually played a little bit of, of that. The other, no, I didn't play it because the, the, the battery life drained. The, I, when, I, when I found it, the battery life was okay. The next week it was done. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I'm surprised it was even okay. The yeah. battery life drains. Pretty oh yeah, fast. there's a, there's there's an Alucard character that's just like him. Like it's so close when you look at it. Yeah, it looks like there's a woman with a whip. It looks like a woman. It was purpley. 
and you can switch back and forth between characters. So that, that's that's really yeah. You turn yes, this is Castlevania three for modern era. I'm actually interested in playing this. It looks really interesting. You switch between characters on the fly, so you can, like you can fly as a bat across the little chasm there. Switch back and to whip people, kick some ass. Yeah, this is a great idea, and I guess it shows goes to show you that in terms of development cycle, I guess this is a hell of a lot easier to put this together than. They probably slapped this together in a year versus the other game. It's been three years now. That's the only thing that I wonder about. It's like, okay, this is cool that it's coming out, but what sort of siphoning of the development team did you have to pull away to get this out that you could be putting towards maybe the actual game? This wasn't like a Kickstarter goal, was it? No, not this, that I'm aware of. This was just, we're going to do this. Maybe it didn't cost them that much money. They figure this will satiate people until the other one comes out. You know, that's, that's one thing I can think about. Uh, so this is a... Uh, so where is this going to be on? This is coming to Switch, Switch and 3DS on May 24th. Okay. Nice. What's it going to cost? Is there a cost on this? Let's see. Is there a cost? This shouldn't cost more than, what, 20 bucks, you'd hope? Uh, I I think it's going to be 15 15 okay. or 20 okay. I, I mean, I, I'd pay that. That's not a problem. All right, I'm me. in. I'll do it, Ian. I'll do it. I don't have enough games on my Switch. I'll, yeah. I'll buy it. I'll use some of that, that coveted... Uh, SD space, internal memory space. <laughs> it's funny to see people complain about things in the comment about this. Like, yuck, there's a timer at the bottom of the stage. Yep. Oh, really? Are people complaining about a timer? Yeah. Or this this classic chestnut from old. Well, I hope there's a physical option. Otherwise, I won't be buying it. That'll be a game breaker. It's like, it's a small game. Like, do you want, do people even want to support anyone any, anymore? I understand the desire for a physical copy. I do. But if there is not going to be one, then then all of your favorite game developers are going to fail, and you won't have anything to play. Congratulations. I'm more of a 16-bit guy than an 8-bit guy. Thus, I don't like these modern 8-bit style games, unless, they're re- unless they really be good games oh. and not just a nostalgia <laughs> cash grab. It's like, then support the hell out of play people like Limited Run Games and buy the physical releases when you can. But at this point, it's like... You have to show interest in a digital version to even get a physical yes. version. People sure had it rough back in the day. Playing this is like romanticizing the nostalgia of going to work on a horse. What? What do you work on a horse? You mean like be actually be on horseback? Is that what you mean? That would be cool, actually. But no, Castlevania 3 or this game is not like, oh my god, this is the hardest experience in the world. Is that what they're acting like? Like this is the hardest games ever? They're not. I mean... Okay. No physical, no buy. I want you to go out of business before I, mean, I buy your game. Now, and this isn't me trying to jump on the old oh, modern gamers are are are, 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 are sissies and, and can't play a game. But Castlevania Three or that's not the hardest game of that jo- like that generation. It's not even close. You know, it was yes, it was challenging. That's not the hardest game. That's not like Ghosts and Goblins hard. Oh, entitled fuckwits. <laughs> okay, Moving but on. some people are interested. One person said my excitement level rose from interested to need this now. There you go. People are citing the Messenger because that's a cool eight slash sixteen bit style game that looks really cool. Yeah, and I think that's more of a modern s- sensibility. Um, someone's asking, does a three DS one have three D visuals? No one cares about three no. D visuals in games. Probably not. Probably not. Okay, well, Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon. It looks good, and if you would maybe ever want to see a physical version of it, you know, ever, yeah, because maybe that's... support it. That's more the model now with like Limited Run and a few other companies. Like, oh, they see a they game see sell well and they it's go, cool. it's popular. people are going to want that. We'll do a physical release. There you go. Everyone wins. Ian, you usually like dining. I, you like food? I do. What do you like about food? It's tasty. Um, it's nutritious. Doesn't it keep you alive too? It does. 
And I enjoy cooking it. So you must enjoy Blue Apron. I do. Especially because it comes to me. At my door. Yeah? Yeah. Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service. (laughs) Uh, You're not just having burgers. No. Them. No, no. You know, every once in a while you'll get a burger recipe. Yeah, but it's it's it would be something exciting, like a short rib burger. Sure. Or or like a uh we I had like a, a chicken burger. It was like a uh with, with a ginger. So and, what is Blue Apron? They they give you fresh ingredients they, and meal plans right to your door. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Delicious meals like popcorn chicken with sweet chili cabbage claw and cumin spice wonton noodles with vegetables and peanuts. On the table in 30 minutes or less, sometimes they're 45 minutes. I just made ancho honey chicken fajitas. Delicious. And I never would have thought to make that on my own. And you got chicken parmesan coming up next. I do. You know why? Because I'm lazy. So if you're lazy and you like good food because it keeps you alive, you're going to like Blue Apron. Coming up for May, for the remainder of May, we have salmon and spicy orange salsa with quinoa and carrot salad. Ooh. Creamy pasto cavatelli with mushrooms and spicy oh, yeah. breadcrumbs. That's the stuff. Also, white cheddar cheeseburgers with balsamic glazed onion and roasted potatoes. And pork chorizo tacos with radishes, roasted potatoes, and cotija cheese. I'm definitely getting that. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm on board for that. I love radishes, too. My goodness. So the See you Podcast has a deal. You can get your first three meals free by checking out blueapron.com slash CU Podcast. Blue Apron offers 12 new recipes each week, and customers can pick two, three, or four recipes if you're really hungry based upon your schedule. You can skip weeks as well. You don't have to, there's no obligation there. And it's non GMO ingredients, and it's usually locally sourced ingredients come to your door. You get fresh veggies and fresh stuff right to your door. And pre proportioned, no mo- waste. Cooked under 45 minutes. Most meals are awesome. Quicker meals, most are, I've done over 45 minutes. And the menu changes every week based upon what's in season. It's designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. Team, their culinary team. They have one team walking around making the ingredients. That'd be funny. <laughs> anyway, again, for th- your first three meals free, go to blee blueapron dot com slash cu podcast. Blue Apron. It's a better way to cook. Thunder, thunder, thundercats roar. So, Thundercats Roar was announced. Uh, it's coming to Cartoon Network. Uh, and it wasn't received that well. So, it's it's a... Now, this is a style, I guess, I'm not familiar with on Cartoon Network about... Uh, you look at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't watch Cartoon Network stuff. So, you can tell me like what the what cartoon style is based on. But, but Thundercats Roar looks like a more comedic look... And take on Thundercats. Yep. They are puffy, non-cat-looking creatures that mm-hmm. are anthropomorphic. They have all the same characters. You mm-hmm. got Snarf in there. You got uh, Wily Cat, Wily Kit, uh, those characters. You got Panthro and yep. Chitara and what's the guy with the whip called? I should know that. I don't. Besides Lionel and, of course, you have the villains there. So it looks like it's faithful in terms of the characters. Like, that's yeah. that's proper. Um, there was a little, I guess the intro was, was released, the intro of the show. They oh, had really? them, yeah. Like the animations, the animation itself looks good. Like it looks pretty good. It looks like it's looks like it's hand drawn. Looks like it. I, I mean, they, they obviously could be faking it with CG, sure. but it looks like it's hand drawn. It looks like it's kind of following the story. Like they go out on the planet and whatever else, and they fight off uh, Mumra. So 
that's all fine and good. I guess there's been a, there's been backlash though against people who actually grew up with Thundercats, and it's like, what the hell is this? Um, and that was one of the same ways. All I just tweeted was they don't look like cats at all; they just don't. So it's almost like you're you're losing that part of it. Um, but to me, it's not so much the issue with the the artistic style, which I don't. If that's what's the popular style on these cartoon network shows, you can explain it to me. These sort There's of nothing like, to explain. It's just the current. It's a current. It's a current popular style. It's just sort of. Um, I guess more kitty style, uh, exaggerated body parts, or there's been there have been popular styles in anime. There was a specific style that was popular in the '90s. There's various types of animation styles that have been more popular throughout the United States. I mean, yeah, it looks samey, and I'm not a fan of it, but it's just a fucking style of animation. Sure, I that's mean, Jesus Christ. That's all it is. That's one thing. Okay, I'm looking at a bunch of other ones here. That's the one thing. The other thing, though, is that, okay, is now what is the tone of this? How far removed is the tone of this show versus the original or the 2011 uh, iteration? And that's what I think bothered me the most because, obviously, this is a totally different tone. And it's obviously going to be for a different audience, a younger audience. So, yeah, even looking at they released, people went nuts when they saw the, they released the, I guess, the image, like the poster image. Um, and, yeah, it's all exaggerated. It's the same characters, though. There's Panthro. There's uh, the lizard guy. I forget his name. Uh, Chitara. The, the beak guy. I used to have some of the toys, but no, I only had like three of the toys. They were expensive. I, I wanted my Seaside Heights boardwalk, actually. I wanted a couple. There was a, a stand with candy, and then they had Thundercats figures for some reason. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, Thundercats. Anyway, so my my point about, about when you're doing these remakes or reboots is that you, there's almost... If you're going to be so off in tor- terms of the tone... Why bother dredging up the old property versus starting a new one? Because you're not going to um, attract any younger people who didn't grow up with the Thundercats necessarily because they didn't hear about it. You're only going to potentially risk really pissing off people that might have looked into it if it was uh, in the same style or in the same tone. So it's a huge risk and gambit. And, and it could be something that a lot of people are turned off and won't even check it out. Even if it's quality, they're going to be like, I'm not even going to get on board with this because this is going to be a joke. And it's going to treat a franchise I love like an absolute joke. And that's more the sentiment that I've seen, or at least I've taken away from this, about from Thundercats Roar. It could be a fun show. It absolutely could be an entertaining show. It could be fun and goofy and everything else. But to a lot of people, that's not why they like Thundercats. It just isn't. Counterpoints. <clears throat> The reason why they do reboots is because they don't have to create any new characters. They already have. It's not the, a comp- okay, I understand. Yeah. They get they get the structure. They, they get have the, something that's been well established. They have an established structure. They have an established characters. They have good guys. They have bad guys. That's why it's simple. These cartoons are mostly there to sell toys, to sell merchandise, to entertain. Um, kids aren't going to be interested because they don't know the Thundercats. But that's the same as starting fresh with a new with with a new property. So why wouldn't they go back and grab something that they've already worked on? It makes sense. Um, these are for kids. The fact that we have an attachment to them is fine. Really, they don't need to worry about pissing off adult fans. They don't. They need something that works for kids. So isn't that an indictment of the state of children's entertainment? Sure. I mean, a huge indictment because... It's also an indictment of us being way too fucking attached to the Thundercats. Hey, I love the Thundercats. I'm not getting into Tizzy because this. I'll just never watch it, probably. Or I'll check it out a little bit. I'll see the little toys. Like, okay, that's cute. And that's exactly that's it. But 
these were a to, to, when we grew up with these cartoons, they weren't quote unquote for kids necessarily. They were adults could watch them. Adults could watch Transformers or GI Joe or, or Thundercats or even Mask because they had adult looking characters and a lot of times mature themes in some of these episodes. Especially, especially stuff like uh, GI Joe. I, I don't want. I'm not as familiar with Transformers, but this was some of the stuff was pretty heady back then. So I guess it's an indictment on not trusting kids to be able to handle the same sort of entertainment that we did. And that is a back-in-my-day thing, because it absolutely is. Because when but that's you... not to say that this Thundercats won't do the same thing. Shows like Adventure Time and Regular Show look like kids' stuff and were made, are made for kids, but also deal with heady themes and relationships and death. And it's just a different era. I can't fault them for falling back on something that's been used before because it's already in the pop culture lexicon and it's already there ready for them to use and they need to make more children's shows. I'm tired of adults acting like everything has to be protected for them when we live in a commercial society and this sort of shit's just going to happen. We can't keep gatekeeping stuff for kids these TV shows are becoming like comic books where this stuff just gets reused over and over. Fresh iterations are going to come out. Some are going to suck. Some aren't going to suck. And this is just how it is. We have what we like. We don't have to like every version of it. And we have to realize that sometimes they're going to take the easier way out. Without even seeing this, some people can be sick of the art style, and that's totally understandable. But without seeing how they attack this, I just... So you can't say anything about the story based on an art style. So this is almost... Is this going to be potentially turning to something like with the, the next generation of My Little Pony? Where it's like you had the original version, they have a new version that's totally different in tone, but it's it, now you capture it for the younger generation. So at least you're passing it on. Right, exactly. It, it's I'm just I'm uh, I don't know. I just think it's strange to use Thundercats to do this. I think it is. I I, I just think it's it's it, it's not like you couldn't come up with something in this vein. Uh, yeah, that, it comes back to laziness. Let's not create our own characters. Let's not try to build our own worlds. Let's. Get probably people that are. I think that the show, one of the showrunners I saw was actually really a huge Thundercats fan. Is familiar with it. So stories are pre-written. Uh, interactions are basically pre-written. Character personalities are pre-written. Half the work, half most of the work is done for you. Well, coming up with the characters, it's done. It's finished. Well, then I mean, at this point, we're all assuming that the story's going to be shit, and we don't know that. Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't I mean, about the story. Well, if the story's good, then really it doesn't really matter what it looks like. I'm just saying the tone is, has turned off people, and it's. Like I, if I, if what I saw, tone? We don't know what the tone is beyond well, the picture. Beyond the pictures and the and the intro video, it's going to be comedic first and foremost. And then while the cartoon obviously had comedic elements with Snarf and everything else, interactions, there's, That's fair. There, there was always comedic elements to even Transformers or to GI Joe or, or to Mass. That was always secondary to, you know, the, the action and the, the actual plot. God, I haven't watched Thundercats in so long. I still love that show. I never liked it, so I have no real interest in this either. Well, the animation was beautiful. Out of all those, out of all those cartoons in the eighties, you could argue that Thundercats arguably had one of the best animation of all. Sure, it probably was it probably looked fantastic uh, back then. They only did I think a couple of seasons. Let me let's see that. Um, uh, people were saying, well. You didn't watch the 2011 yes, version. Yes, and I also agree with that. People want to get high and mighty on it. Well, where were you the last time it happened? And I know Cartoon Network put it in a shitty slot, but they probably would not have put it in a shitty slot if anyone had turned in for the first 10 episodes of it, which or, wasn't in a shitty slot. Or maybe it didn't sell enough toys and they buried it. Right. So I, 
but that's not a good excuse to get, to get rid of a show is selling toys, at least to me. To me, I, yes, they're, they're related. I get that. but Or no one tuned in. Or both. Or I, I think I watched one or two episodes of Thundercats. I'm and, not as big as Thundercats. People had, people had that shot. And if this one doesn't succeed, then great. They failed again. And if it does succeed and it succeeds because but, they sold toys, then they succeeded but, in their mission. But what if people watch the 2011 TV series and still don't like this? You can't assume that no one watched the 2011 series. No, Vonnie did. I mean, people did, but it got... All I'm saying is it doesn't fucking matter. Sure. I just think people would rather saw it. Like, I think people were pissed that that version wasn't continued. You know? Well, people were, because in hindsight, everyone... Uh, there were people who watched it then, and I had a bunch of people in the store who told me it was good. And I watched a little bit of it, and it was. But it... There's no guarantee that if they brought it back like that, it would do any better than this. Sure. What is their actual target market? Is it going to reach what they want it to reach? If it does, then congrats. And if it doesn't reach you and they don't care, then fuck off. How many Thundercast episodes were there now? There were... I did not know there were that many. I thought maybe there was only on for... it was on for five years. 85 through 89. Okay. I thought it was only on for a couple of years. I don't remember watching it for that long. Wow. That's more than they had GI Joe episodes. 130 episodes. Wow. It's depressing when people like Pixel Dan try to talk about it and have like a, you know, an adult conversation about it on Twitter. And he just, you know, he can't, he has to sign off because he can't handle all the freaking negativity surrounding it. Sure. Like you could, like, like I said, I don't have it. It's gross. It's, it's fucking garbage. What do you mean? People are just being toxic about it and being yeah, like, just being ruined my worst. childhood. Yeah. Well, 130 episodes. I gotta, I gotta watch, watch some of these. I've probably only seen about 30 or so episodes. It was not like on my rotation, like GI Joe was, or even He Man back in the day. Oh, okay, it was four seasons. Was there a final episode? There's got to be a final episode. Yes, I think there was a final episode. Cool. They presented a somewhat legitimate finale for the complete series, so that's good. Because hmm. fucking didn't get that with GI Joe. That's for damn sure. So, yeah, don't piss me off about that. Your shitty fucking movie ending and going to dick and screwing over Sunbow animation. Sorry. The, 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 the dick G.I. Joe ones are horrendous mm. compared to the Marvel Sunbow ones. Like, it, they're awful. Sorry. All right. So, I probably will just check it out of curiosity, but it's not like I watch. I'm not really the Cartoon Network humor type, no matter what. So, all right. So, Ian, this is another surprising topic that... We talked about it a little bit, and you actually have a, a pretty good solution about why this is happening. But we had a, I guess it was kind of surprising announcement of Resident Evil 7 coming to Nintendo Switch. And this is a, you know, fairly new game still, right? When did this come out? This came out a year, a year ago? ago? A year or so. So for this is coming to the Switch, it would be a pretty big deal. Um, has a listing on the Japanese eShop. It's confirmed that English will not be included. So at this point, we're not sure it's going to come here, but at least it's going to be in Japan. As I guess Biohazard, Resident Evil. But it's Resident Evil 7 cloud version. Yep. So you're going to download, I think I said oh, 20 or 30 megs. Oh, 45 megs will download to your to your Switch, and then you'll be streaming it. You'll have to have an online a connection to stream, and you'll be playing it via the cloud. That's extremely interesting and actually surprising and not really... A, something I even considered when the Switch was announced about how do you handle games that aren't powerful enough. And that's something you come up with. It's like, well, you could, this could be a solution to that, potentially. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, I think it's somewhat obvious would be that it's just it's not 
yeah, the switch can't handle it. So we'll try seeing how it manages if you're streaming it from a cloud. Um, which is using the cloud's, you know, power. Yeah, you're using the cloud's power, and you're just that plus, mysterious cloud out there. You're basically just controlling it with your switch. Um, it's V'ger. So it's interesting how they're letting you do it. It's a, you get 15 minutes to try it out for free, which is good because I'm sure a lot of people are questioning how it would play or handle. Um, see if there's any lag or anything like that. You know, test out your internet connection speed. And see if it's up to snuff. Um, and then you pay, I think it's $20 for a ticket. They're 2,000 yen, so about $20 for a ticket that lasts 180 days, three months. Mm. Um, and so you have a three-month time limit, basically, to rent the game. That's weird. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of know why they're doing it, but go on. So that's very strange. Um, I don't like the idea at all. Really, I wouldn't be interested in it um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, but it'll, as an experiment, I find it... 18 bucks right now. Okay. As an experiment, I find it interesting just to see if it is viable for other games going forward. Um, obviously, anything on the cloud is going to be very impermanent. I guess I sort of understand why they would more or less rent the game out to you. Um well, because it's in the cloud. So yeah. they got to run the server, especially yes. just for the game. Oh, yeah. No, obviously. So to me, that makes sense. It's a subscription I'm, service. But I, yeah, I guess we haven't, we haven't gone to this neighborhood before. Of, yes, there's been those streaming gaming services. But nothing like this was like, basically, you're basically paying for a streaming service per game, potentially. Right. So that's a little bit different. So how do they price that out? They're running it off servers. That's not just It's not just bandwidth for... You know, a multiplayer server, they're processing the game and sending it to you. So I guess that's cost more. I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm guessing it has to, you know. Um, so I don't know what the solution is to here. Uh, but that, yeah, you're getting it for half the year for 20 bucks. Would that be enough for some people to play it once and be like, okay, I've had. Oh, yeah, half the year. Is that half the year? Six months. Yeah. Yeah, 180 days. So would that be enough for most people? I got it for half the year. I played it 20 bucks. I'm good, but then I can't play it ever again. Uh, I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. I don't know what to feel about that personally. It would really depend on. I mean, it has all the DLC content and stuff like that, but yeah, that it's just that's too strange to me. But, I, I don't. I don't like the concept. But if it's streaming, in theory, doesn't that mean though you'll get like full frames rates? Like it'll do more than what the Switch can do. Because you know what I mean, like because you're, it's not depending on the power of the switch. You're just bringing in a stream from somewhere. The computational power is not on your switch, right? You're not using the graphic power on your switch. You're just displaying it on your switch. True. Yeah, this I is have a, no idea. This is going to be. I'm very curious because if this works out, you found a sort of way to get these modern, more powerful AAA games onto the switch. There's like a backdoor way of doing it. Obviously, though, then you have to be hooked up to the internet. Yeah. And you have to have a good internet connection to do it. Uh, although you can't do it on a plane. You can't download them, obviously. So this um, this is curious. This, could, this either could be a disaster or this could open up. I don't know. Like I was joking you. Maybe you get GTA. You get GTA on the Switch. This is the only <laughs> way you do it. But if you can do it, you can do it. But I don't know what the server upkeep is for for uh, for streaming games. I have no idea what it is. No, neither do I. But I'm guaranteeing you it's not cheap to do it. 
Like what, what those gaming streaming services that they're all gone by now, right? Were nope. those are they still around? PS Now is the big one that's still up and around. Uh, PlayStation Now. Uh, Have you seen that in person? I haven't used it. My buddy uses it all the time. He likes it. He, he, he likes um, so he likes it for. He realizes that it has quite a few uh, problems. He says for games that aren't like heavy action, like fighting games and stuff, it's good. It's good for. Um, he said the puzzle games and all the RPGs and stuff like that that don't, you know... Lower intensity. Yeah, lower intensity. Games that don't require, you know, um, you know, frame by frame... Uh, it's really dusty, sorry. <laughs> that don't require, you know, extraordinarily quick, you know, button presses and stuff like that. I I have no interest in using a streaming service for games. Not right now. That well, seems like something that needs a lot of work. What was the generic one that went under? Game tap. Is that the one from like three, four years ago? I think so. Five years ago? I remember it being at E3. I think it was Game Tap. I was like, oh, you can play Duke Nukem Forever on here or whatever else. I was like, oh, okay. That's how old it was. All right. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm actually curious, but for now, it looks like it's not coming out in North America. So so we'll see if that leads to, uh, I don't know, God of War Switch version in the future or Halo Switch. <laughs> that would require cross. That's coming. I keep saying that. It's coming. Ian, we have an interesting scumbag. Seller. 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 Of the week. Week. Of the week. International version. Yes. So this is uh, microcade.net. And what they're selling, it looks like... (laughs) It looks like they're selling a a Raspberry Pi type of device. Over 35,000 games for $140.00. With two generic uh, European Super Nintendo game pads. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. But we, we can do a some of it week all the time about this. Right. But that's not why we are... And this was sent to us. This is not why we're picking them. Oh, no. We want you all right now. Right? Right? Uh-huh. I mean, right now on your smartphone or computer to go to microcade.net. Probably on your computer best. I don't know yes. how this is... I don't know if this will break your phone. <laughs> because we are talking about... You're talking about a throwback website. Mm-hmm. We are talking... Like I said, this this is... To say this is a GeoCity site is insulting or an Angel Fire site. What was the third one that was down back to the- Tripod. 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 Maybe it's a tripod site. I had, an, I had a GeoCities website <laughs> back in the day. I tried to find the Wayback Machine. I couldn't. Um, you have a background of Microcade written like the, the original like Sega Master System font. Then you have a wall, a wall of NES games. And on the right side, for some reason, you have Cheetah Man 2 and Save Events just randomly yeah. there. And then you have just a scrolling list of items. But... It hurts. There's so a bad. but there's a the ca- counter. There's an old school counter, counter on the bottom. See our reviews on Facebook with a thumbs up, which which makes you realize you're not in the late 90s, mm-hmm. because otherwise you might think this is 97. There's PayPal, and then there, this is a uh, it's in it's in uh, Australia. Should have said that. And then you can click on the image to order, and then you click on the image, and you go to this uh, this other sort of generic store site with six digits. In the URL, it's almost like you're, you're getting you're getting hacked at any point in yeah. this process. <laughs> I might have been hacked right now. No. <laughs> I don't know if I'm still recording this podcast as we're doing this. So obviously, you get what you get for 140 Australian, which is cheaper US. I think it's like a hundred US, something like that. 110. You get the microcade. You get two superintendent USB wire controllers. Over 35,000 games for 140 Australian dollars. Well, if you're in Australia, it's 140. It's 140. It's just cheaper to us. 
Um, and then you get the set for four controllers for 160 And then <laughs> you get a 16 gigabit micro SD card with all the games loaded for $60 Australia. Woo! That's a card that'll cost you eight bucks, seven bucks, because <laughs> it's it's the it's the like lowest version of the the micro SD card, you know. So oh, the site needs some like rotating flaming skulls and one of those text lines that just bounces back and forth from the left to the right. Oh yeah, like yeah. the little yeah, boop boop. It's a simple uh, HTML. Uh, I, 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 I think I told you I need I need an under construction GIF yeah. with the guy shoveling. <laughs> yeah, the guy shoveling. Yes, it's GIF. I, I want to know what web ring, web what web oh, ring this yeah, this, this site is. Is, is part this of. the scumbag or web ring? Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. I want to know how the person. This is almost like trolling for scumbag star of the week. Yeah, I think I think because I don't know this to get. I gotta get picked. I gotta look look back and see who actually uh, sent this to me. Whether this is their store, um, you get okay. You get the list of games. Go. Oh, I didn't click on the list of the games that you get. Oh, let me see what that looks like. Oh. Hopefully it's just a text document. Oh, it goes to a Google Google uh, text file, Google Drive text really? file. Oh, does it really? Can I edit this? No, you can't edit it. Oh my god, we can all we can all go and just can we can we chat with each other in here? <laughs> oh my god, Microcade is currently in the document. There's a red circle around there. Microcade is in the document. Oh, wow. While I'm in it right now. Okay, can I send him a text in here? Can I do that? They see me in here. If they click, the, the person in the document can see that uh, Pat Contry's Google account is there. It'll show up. That is so funny. They actually have this open. Their cursor is on the top. Uh, uh, tell Atari. Them, tell, uh, where is this? Uh... It's right, it's right there. Click on click on games list. Included systems. Oh, games list. Sorry, click I, on, did, I didn't on. see it. My eyes were bleeding. Come on in. Come on in. We'll I'm, see that we're both in here. On. We can request edit access in here. <laughs> this is an interactive scumbag solver. Oh my god, it is! All right, are you in there too? I'm in. <laughs> and now we got anonymous. Uh, are, you, are you the anonymous dragon? No, uh, you might be the anonymous dragon because I don't see. I, I see oh, you're an here. anonymous hedgehog. Okay. okay, so you're in here too with me. He sees us in here. Yep. You want to request access? No, we don't want to tip him off. <laughs> can I say anything? No, I don't think you can do it. No, he, he's in the document though. Uh we can share it. We'll share it once this goes live. All right. We don't want, we don't want to tip him off. Well, let's I, get out of here. I wanted, I wanted to say that he was on Scumbag Seller of the Week, but this is an interactive Scumbag Seller of the Week. Yeah. This is this is <laughs> this is actually pretty funny. If only we could chat here. I could save it. I can share it myself if I wanted to. But anyway, it's just a list of the games here. That's all. Thirty-five thousand games. I'm out there. All right. So this is uh, a very amusing, not the most nefarious Scumbag Seller of the Week because you know these, these are sold all over Facebook, but. I, I guess the throwback style is what's was warming my heart. Yeah, check out check out this guy's uh, web construction chops. <laughs> I mean, Wix doesn't cost that much. You think for the for the hundred and forty dollars, you get like a, a two year subscription to Wix dot com, <laughs> which used to be a sponsor of the CU podcast at one point. And you know, you, you can put something a little more professional. Okay, that's it. Uh, so, microcade dot net. You are the charming scumbag seller of the week. Ian, you're looking a little little scruffy there. You were clean shaven a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm trying to grow it back, but I need to need to trim this up. Edge it up here. Get, get the little neck hair gone there. Yeah. You can use, you know what you can use for that? You can use Dollar Shave Club's executive razor. Damn straight. That's what you can do. It's not a straight razor, but the, the blades are straight. There's six of them on here. Six blades, and you get four cartridge replacements here. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash shave 
and you can get any razor there, including the humble twin, which is two blades. That's what I use. You like the you don't like the humble? You don't need six. You want only two. Nothing fancy anyway, here. They're all a dollar with free shipping, no commitment, cancel anytime. And Dollar Shave Club has other stuff, and you know that you can use the shave butter at Dollar Shave Club. They got the one wipe Charlie. One wipe Charlie you for wipe, your butt. Okay, you can wipe other parts, but you can also do that as well. And again, I like the executive razor. Uh, it's good for having an extra razor on if you want to travel or you use it every day. And again, go to dollarshaveclub.com slash CU, the letter CU shave. See, I want to see you shave, Ian. Mm-hmm. And then you can get any razor for $1. Free shipping, no commitment. Cancel anytime. No, don't do it dry, Pat. Ian, you know we're the preeminent Fortnite commentators on YouTube. Yeah, we're the biggest. We're, we're, we're the best. We're the, the first forefront. We, we are... Partially responsible for the huge popularity of Fortnite. Yes. We, we were there. We were there. <laughs> we were there at the cutting edge. So, Epic Games has announced on the, I think the 21st, that they're going to provide $100 million for just the first year of Fortnite esports tournament prize pools. That's insane. The one year of competitive tournaments, they're going to offer $100 million in prize pool. So, this was a short announcement. Grab your gear, drop in, and start trainings. Blah, blah, blah. For the 2018-19 season, Epic Games will provide $100 million to fund dollars to fund prize pools for Fortnite competitions. We're getting behind competitive play in a big way, but our approach will be different. We plan to be more inclusive, focus on the joy of playing and watching the game. Stay tuned for more details and competitive structures and eligible platforms in the weeks ahead. All right. Wow. $100 million. Million dollars. The fact yes. that you can do that for your game... In the first year. How long has this been out for? Has it been a year? I don't think so. I mean, I think I was introduced to it in, I want to say, October? November? I think was when I... I mean, maybe even that seems... September 26th. Okay, so October. Yeah, October or November. It's been nine months. Yeah. Just about eight months. My buddy Lincoln showed me the game, and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. So... Obviously, this means well, a few things. They're making a shit ton of money on a free game. I don't know how accurate it is, but Lincoln said something like a million a day. It might be. Yeah, I it think it would, it would have to be if because, you're tossing that money around. Because there's still hundreds of million dollars in, in the in the black on yeah, this. Yeah. So it's like, who cares? This is a, you know, I guess we can we can it's a deduction. You know, we're basically giving this money away. Um, so that's good, but also. This tells me that they're really thinking about the future, that they don't want this. Games like this could easily die out. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing shot up in popularity so quickly that we haven't seen, like I said, we haven't seen a game this popular since Minecraft, probably, where it was like everywhere. You know, we don't see the little toys and games, you know, and stuff like Comic Con. I'm sure, I guarantee you, Comic Con this year, we're going to see fucking Fortnite stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to see cosplay or toys or whatever else. So that's when you know something's hit the big time. But they're probably. They're worried about this being taken seriously going forward because if this is only popular for the next six to eight months or nine months, then okay, we made our money, but then we're done. So this is to make, this is to make sure this stays in the public spotlight and make sure that competitive gamers play it that may not have looked at it before as because, you know, if they're dealing with games that might actually make them money, why would you play this? And it's smart. It's very smart. It's, it's free advertisement. This is, we're talking about it. Everyone's been talking about it. And so your game is going to be top of mind for the next year at least or two. Uh, by doing this, and you and then it's, it's not as big of a joke of a game. It's like okay, you can play as competitively. You know they say 
Uh, we want to be more inclusive and focus on the joy of playing and watching the game. So it's it's almost like they're trying to position themselves like, oh, we're going to give away prize money, but we're not going to be like as as huffy and puffy as the other gaming tournaments out there. It's a significant reinvestment into the game, and this is how you do it with a with a free to play game. Obviously, they they keep doing things. They they you know they they have a you know a silly little storyline. They change the that changes the maps every I think season mm-hmm. um, or every however they actually call it um uh that changes the maps every few months and stuff like that but by putting the money and and essentially they're they're investing that into the players and by investing into the players they're hoping to keep them to stick around and by throwing significant amounts of money at it yeah i mean it'll it'll we'll have to see how this breaks down per prize pools and how many tournaments this goes into but we're talking about real fucking cash here i mean bigger bigger payouts than i think we would well, see for most tournaments we don't know how many tournaments this is going to sure. be given to or how it's partitioned out is it a million over 100 tournaments is it one tournament going to be yeah 15 million obviously with something like Fortnite, they can go to espn and say listen we're gonna we want we want to do this on tv we see you do other stuff like evo and other tournaments like the dota uh, uh what the hell the the college one the dorm thing uh, we we want to get this on TV. And while I am relatively burnt the fuck out on people talking about this game, um, I do watch Lincoln play it. Uh, he's he's the only friend I have who really plays this with any degree of regularity. Um, it's really not a bet. It, it's kind of fun to watch the game. It looks fun. It is. It's it's fun to watch it. It's third person, so it's not rough on my eyes like you can a first see more person happen. i can see more going on i i don't have a lot of shitty things to say about the game other than it's everywhere i mean i try not to be cynical when i don't need to be it's it it's a neat looking game people can get into it for free if you don't have a shitload of money download Fortnite and play like sure. it, it looks good enough you know so you know good on them for striking it with something that works and you know Hopefully, people will keep having fun with it. I, I have a feeling at some point it's going to dry out, um, and you know all the other companies that are trying to jump onto its bandwagon, I think, are going to find themselves wasting money trying. Well, to. it's all these companies that are going to say we we need a we need a battle royale mode in our game. Yeah, we're going to shoehorn one in, even though maybe that's not why people like their game. Like, isn't the announced Black Ops Four? Was, was there a game announced? That's Black Ops have- Four is going to have a battle royale. Everything's going to, but if if this is the game that everyone's playing and this nailed it so well. I don't. I, it's just. It's such a specific type of game mode. Yeah. I don't know that you're going to need more than well, one. But but with what with Fortnite, it's not just it's battle royale. It's the fact that you're you're building these structures. Yeah. It, which, so that which comes into apart. play more during team mode. But um, yeah, you can build the structures and stuff like that, which is so, not so in PUBG. It's one of the main things that it's one of the big things that differentiates. So it. a battle royale mode then in like Call of Duty would just be. One, you get one life, which exists in a lot of um, others' games in the past, but then you have to find your weapons. You're dropped with nothing. Like, that's the difference. Yeah, and usually it's 100 people, which is the, you know, the big thing, too. 100? You can have 100 people? Is that much? Oh, that's what Fortnite is. Holy shit. It's 100 100 people and it whittles down to one. Hundred people, so there's deaths happen every second at some point. Well, it's a really big map. And I know, I know it compresses. Okay, yeah. I'm not a total noob. I know, okay. it, I know it compresses. Yeah, just making sure. And you got you got to stay in, or I guess you yeah. get wiped out. You got to. It's a hundred people. I know it was a hundred. I thought it was like, oh wow, 
I want to play that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Let's let's just get on Twitch and start with we'll Fortnite streamers. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. But I, I wanted to play this game from the beginning. I actually did. It, all right. it is a fun game. That said, all right, Epic, can I, can I, we have some quiet time? Epic Games. You're making hand over fist fucking cash now, okay? You're giving away $100 million to tournaments. Can you maybe give a few for, a, a, you know, I don't know, there's this game that you help build your whole fucking empire on called Unreal Tournament that maybe... You can develop a new Unreal Tournament. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, you don't have to. You're just you're just richer than God now, but maybe get another Unreal Tournament game going, not just let these fucking open source fucking things crawl around. Maybe do a proper one. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's just been 11 years. That's all I'm saying. That's it. And the last one wasn't that well-received. So, so the last real good one was 13 years ago, 14 years ago. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And you can put a Battle Royale mode in there, too. Yes, you keep your, your Team Deathmatch and your Assault mode, which was revolutionary at the time, you know. But, yeah, you can put a Battle Royale mode in Unreal Tournament. And you hit all your bases. Okay, that's it. That was, that was my plea to Epic Games. Okay, moving on with that. <laughs> Ian, how do you uh, access the good old podcast Patreon? You know, you always know us by heart. You go to <clears throat> patreon.com. Slash CU podcast. You got it. And there you could uh, look I at I almost Ian's. said podcast. I know you did. <laughs> and there you can get Ian's weekly writings. Maybe you'll have something lined up for a day or two. You got something in mind? Yeah, yeah, next day or so. Okay. And then you could uh, access the Discord chat, which I haven't been in in a week or so. Sorry, I'll get back in there. Ian, you got to get in there as well. I'll dip my balls in. Hey, okay. You Whoa. can do that. And you can uh, do the voice Q&A we're about to do. And you can access the full video podcast with all, with all our awkwardness. So here's the first question. Coming at you. We recording. Greetings, Pat. Greetings, Ian. This is Sean Healing from nearby Orange County, California. And I have a quick question regarding uh, strategy guides. Do you guys feel in this day and age of internet walkthroughs and YouTube Let's Plays and things of that sort, do you still feel that published and printed strategy guides still have a place in this world? I uh, love the podcast, and uh, you guys keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. All right. Thank you, uh, Sean, from Orange County, nearby Orange County. Do printed strategy guys have a place in this world? Sounds like an 80s song almost. <laughs> um, I think they do. I think just because you can still get a bunch of accoutrements and nice little printed maps and character histories and world histories, uh, depending on what the world is, that it could be entertaining, not just like, you know, text walkthrough with, with, game screenshots i think you can there's a place for you know you can explore the you can expand upon the lore of the world and you can do other things besides a straight up you know walk through guide I, I think there's there's a spot for it still there absolutely is um i a so with the you know text walkthroughs that you find online um the the ones that are well written you know it's easy to use but it's nice to always have a color picture when they're trying to tell you where something is. Um, you get that with a video, but then you have to watch the video or you have to you know, find which part of the video walkthrough um, pertains to the segment of the game you're in. Uh, with a video walkthrough, it's almost like you have to be watching it from the start. Like you want to, you kind of want to go on the journey of that game with the person who's writing that video walkthrough. Um, and the big thing that I've noticed lately, 
um, with having something like that in your hand is I've been using an e-reader lately and it's nice. It's nice to have around and have a number of books in my hand. I've been using it instead of checking the internet a lot more at night, but, um, I like to flip back and reference things and tapping constantly is a lot slower than just being able to flip back some pages or flip forward. And you can't do that online with a video um, walkthrough yeah. and you can't do that with a text document with a, with a nice guide in your hand. You can flip forward real quick to some appendixes or appendices, yeah. or you can flip back and you can, it's, 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 it's faster. And to me, it's always been more convenient. There's nothing really quite as detailed as, like I said earlier, a guide with text and pictures. And like Pat said, you can add a whole lot more like in a, an appendix on monsters or something. Isn't something you're likely to keep flipping to, to check on a text document because it's a pain in the ass to keep jumping yeah. back and forth. In an actual guide, that's really easy. Slap a bookmark in there and just, you know, they're, they're just way, way more convenient, in my opinion, than trying to do something online. Books are more accessible yep. than the internet when it comes to information. It's just easier to get it. It's, it's all packed there. And uh, I'm not going to bring up my book. <laughs> you just did. I'm just saying, because like, well, all this information's online. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah, this is exact information all online, easily accessible. You can flip through. Sure, it is. Next question. Thanks so much, Sean. Hey, Pat Mean. This is Gizmo from uh, California calling in again. And uh, a few days ago, oh, you know, uh, I think it was a day after, maybe it was a couple days after the Infinity War came out. I was able to watch it with my dad. Uh, we both enjoyed it. Uh, we both got we both got some laughs because you know Marvel movies nowadays uh, has their have their trademark humor with their references, with their cues, with their lines. You know, they're able to make me make us laugh as well as enjoy the action, yada yada. But so, uh, but with this with this in hand, uh, Mar there's talks of Marvel buying Fox. You know, and this might actually get them the rights, to give them back the rights to the characters they gave Fox. You know, such as Fantastic Four and X Men. So my question is, do you think we'll be seeing any X-Men characters, Fantastic Four characters, or any or any, anything regarding the Fantastic Four X-Men in the near future? Personally, I think that it should happen. It's just, it's a matter of when should it happen. Hope you uh, keep, I hope you, uh, I hope you consider this question a good one, and stay frosty. Gizmo, it was a great question. It's got to cut it down, little buddy. That's all. I, was, I, was, I had to read it to follow. <laughs> Thanks so much, Gizmo. Um, so the question is, Fox uh, the Pro Fox Entertainment might be sold. It's going to be sold probably to Disney. You know Comcast trying to throw a wrench in there. I think it's going to be yeah, done. Yeah, there go, Comcast. So you're not, yeah, Com you're not, you're, Comcast are the biggest assholes on the planet already to this. But the question is, will we see Fantastic Four and X-Men? Absolutely, we're going to see them. It's just the timing of when. Right. So right now, what's, what's interesting now with with Marvel is that in the past they've already in the past it was always you knew what movies were coming out three four years from now now you don't now you just know about Avengers Part Four obviously Ant Man coming out in a couple of months uh, you know about Captain Marvel because they're filming it and then you know they might be doing like a Black Widow movie like that's yeah. really all we know which is not typical of Disney and Marvel Studios letting you know that this is what's ha coming the next and there's going to be a Guardians 3 people know that and a Black Panther 2 but in terms of new properties and Spider-Man 2 but in terms of new properties we don't know what's yeah. in this fa mysterious phase 4 there's there's very educated guesses um, but I, yeah that nothing is set in stone and I think that's actually what's most interesting yeah. for me uh, post um, 
whatever Infinity War 2 is actually called or, you know, Avengers 4 is, uh, you know, what is out there. And I think one of the main reasons they're being so tight-lipped is because they're waiting to see how this shakes yeah. out. But so now that the timing's going to get iffy because they got to start getting movies. These, these movies take a year and a half to, to produce right. these movies. So if you're going to have a full schedule for summer 2020, Jesus Christ, you better know this deal better be lined up by like end of this year. Yeah, there's they, they got to get done by end of this year. Yeah, there's some serious concern to, to me, I'm concerned because they may wait too long. Yeah, they may be waiting too long. They may be hedging their bets on this stuff falling into place sooner than it will. In which, And if it doesn't, I'm afraid that that's going to lead to uh, an in-between rushed a bu- period. A bunch of Iron Man 2s and, and, and stuff that doesn't really fit anywhere else. Yes, exactly. Instead of having all these movies be cleanly related to one another. Yeah. That's a possibility. It's a possibility, or maybe they know that this might be a couple years off still. So I can guarantee you, they they've thought for years how to incorporate this. They I, I, they they're, they're smart. They've done this all. I can almost guarantee you, they have if not complete scripts written, they have scriptments or outlines of movies already done for X Men and for Fantastic sure. Four. That's fucking done. They're not stupid. They're going to have this ready to go. That as soon as it's done, we got a script in hand, like in a month or a month and a half, and we can start pre-production. Like, like they're basically what, what they did with Spider-Man coming in was like, okay, the deal's done. We have an idea. We they had two scripts written, one without Spider-Man, one, one with Spider-Man for Civil War. We're going with the Spider-Man script. Like that's what they did. So you're going to see a Fantastic Four movie before Frank's dead. Hopefully, that's a proper Fantastic Four movie. Which, by the way, in, speaking of Fantastic Four movie, Incredibles two is coming out next month, which is everyone's sleeping on for some reason. Yeah. The first Incredibles is a Fantastic Four movie with, with more childish, but yes. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is a Fantastic Four movie. But to see that done with that tone and that humor and that action with, well, with Fantastic Four characters, that's, that'll be big. I think, I think even people are like, oh, no one will see that. No, people will see it. If they know it's Marvel doing it properly and you get one good trailer, people will see that movie. And with the X-Men, yes, that's dicier because you still have uh, New Mutants is still not out. It's supposed to come out like a year ago and that's still not out. And, there and, was a trailer for it before uh, Deadpool two, and it said like April, yeah, which meant the past April though. I think, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I have no. It idea. It was supposed to come out a year ago. I thought, like we saw the teaser for that two years. Yeah, so, we talked about it ages ago. So there's new mutants coming out still, and we have the Dark Phoenix coming out this summer still. Right? Is that still coming out? I have no idea. When the fuck is that coming? out? I haven't seen any teasers for that. Have you? Dark Phoenix movie, which is the fourth in that trilogy, and then we just have we're going to have another Deadpool movie. So. When is Dark Phoenix coming out? Oh, it's February of next year. Wow. Okay, so that's pushed back. Okay. See, that's that's the weird thing. It's like if these sales are going, I don't know. Th- these movies will still come out. They're not going to yeah. can this huge oh, movie. I know. But that'll be that potentially could be the last. They might they might have pushed. I thought this was going out this year. Maybe they pushed it because they realized it's going to go through. Maybe that's the last hurrah. Just because I don't know. Yes, they have that. that I have be no it. idea. I uh, just I want to see those movies, but more than anything, I just want to see a MCU X Men movie because it'll be done properly. Yeah. It won't be just like, well, we'll just get the popular characters and Cyclops is, is a fucking asshole that no one will like. And no, we'll get like a proper Cyclops. Yeah. We'll get a proper I, I Jean Grey. See a, a proper, a proper Iceman, for God's sake. Can I get that? Can I see him actually iced up for more than like a second and a half? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's do this right. Let's not get me all turgid thinking about a good X-Men movie. But I saw, but I saw a really good idea on Twitter about how they do Fantastic Four properly where you do a period piece. You can do a period 60s movie and they get tra- trapped in the negative zone and they come back modern day. And actually, that might work. Yeah. I know they did it before Captain America. 
but the, with the with the types of personalities the Fantastic Four have, it's kind of hard to translate Johnny Storm how he is in the comics to modern day in terms of you know he's like the blonde you know '60s kid who loves like hot rods and everything. That could be a way to do it, and and to have Reed Richards be a scientific guy come back in modern world and be surprised about everything. There, there's a way to do that. Like there there is. I think I think Marvel's going to be smart about it. They or they can just do a drop in. Well, Doctor Strange is bringing in this reality, and here they are. <laughs> like they can always just do that. You know what I mean? Go to the parallel universe, and this universe, universe has X-Men and Fantastic Four. Now they're here. So it's going to happen. You're going to see a Fantastic Four movie. Yes. I, I'm more than excited for that. All right. We'll do one more question. Oh, hello, Patanine. Uh, it's Anthony Stevens, good from the UK. Um, after a recent experience of buying a second-hand GameCube game from a CEX store, uh, getting it home, and... Realizing the game disc wouldn't be read because of some deep scratches that were actually on the um, on the disc that I didn't know it's in the store. Um, I was just wondering what advice you might be able to give when perhaps when actually purchasing disc-based games from a reseller, perhaps in a, as an event or a used uh, game store, perhaps please. Because apart from having an LED torch for me as an with me at the time and actually asking if I can actually check the disc uh, to see the condition I'm not really sure what else I'm in my rights to ask really so any advice would be sort of like appreciated on that thank you very much bye thank you thank you Anthony Stephen so Ian what some advice for Anthony in the UK here about what to do about the scratchy disc game I mean you always ask to see the disc um Always, always ask to see if it's, you know, see the disc. If it's a particularly expensive game, um, you know, make sure that the store has a return or an exchange policy in play. Um, You know, we don't normally do uh, cash returns at Luna, but if someone, you know, were to buy a, you know, a stupidly expensive game or a very rare game that we could not replace, there there are instances where, you know, obviously we have bent on that. Um, a lot of places will also test the game disc for you, especially if it's something unique, rare, one of a kind. A lot of places have, you know, um, policies built in that will help you. I, I, I mean, does CEX, um, not have, a, a policy like this? That would be concerning. I thought they were a larger store. I mean, there's always going to be some sort of small risk there, but as long as you can, you know, exchange get another one or get you know uh, you know as long as there's some sort of no risk policy on your part getting home with a disc-based game that doesn't work is always going to be some sort of small risk Um, now at conventions that's a different thing and i actually had a bad experience with that and i'm not going to mention the people on air because i'm still quite pissed about it but did i make it right with you when you asked them no really yeah are they sellers we're going to see again? Yeah. Um, okay, we'll, we'll talk off air. Um, but um, anyways, what I would suggest when you're going to a, a convention is obviously check everything. Um, if you want it, I mean, there's a few things you can do. Look at it, obviously, check for scratches. The big thing I always tell everyone to do is you want to make sure that there's no scratches on the top of a disc. That's the hardest thing. You can't really fix anything that has scratches on the top. On, on the artwork side. On the yeah. artwork yeah. side. The reflective side, 
I find in my experience, my luck is that light scratches aren't usually going to screw with anything. If it's mm-hmm. something you want and it's light scratches and you know a place in town that has a truly professional grade resurfacer, you're probably fine. Um, but take that disc, hold the art side up to the light, like uh, like a light in the sky, and look through the shiny side on the bottom and make sure you don't see any pinholes of light or slashes of light coming through. If you do, do not buy it. I don't take risks. There are certain times where that doesn't matter, but unless you have a chance to sit down and thoroughly test that game, I I just, yeah, Pat's been in a situation like that. My Bonk 3 had two or three pinholes uh, where I was like, or pinholes, or you can see through, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. But I put the game in, I played it for like 20 minutes, there was no stuttering, so I'm, I'm hoping that all the data was on the inner part of the, yeah. So it wasn't. It, it, it was. It was okay. There are obviously. minor exceptions to that, but it's just not something I ever risk because once that stuff starts to peel or flake off, too, it's tough. it can get worse. Yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a big thing for me. But you know, just make sure that you're buying. If you're buying it from a store, make sure it's a trusted store that's not going to screw you over if you need to make an exchange or if it's especially if it's something that's very unique or one of a kind and you don't think you're going to get back in, you, you can you know get your cat money back. Thank you for your questions. The CU Podcast Patreon hotline. Eventually we'll do a, like a live one. That could be fun or bad. <laughs> I'll do yeah. one. All right. Uh, it's Q&A time on the CU Podcast uh, at Reno Collector. How do you guys feel about all of these E3 leaks? Do you think it's good for the video game industry or harmful? I think it's great. I think it's fantastic for the industry. Um, I I don't know. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily fantastic, but I certainly don't think it's bad. I don't know. Yeah, I don't try to see how it can be bad bad. at all. E3 is unimportant. E3 doesn't mean anything anymore. The fact that we keep hanging on to E3 is ridiculous. I know it's like... Uh, you know, it used to be a big holiday for, you know, video gamers and the publishers and the companies. And it used to be fun every year to look forward to all these big announcements. But we don't live in a world anymore where we need that. There's no reason why everyone has to wait until E3 to announce these things. Yeah, why is why is June the magical point in the year where the whole cycle of video game news has to rely upon or revolve around? I've seen people who are like, no E3 spoilers, please. And I'm like, why? Why? Just cares? let me know. If I'm excited for video game news. I don't want to wait yeah, for I'm, video I'm game glad, news. I'm glad Nintendo said F it like three, four years ago. We don't need them anymore. We'll it, just do our own shit. If a company I like has got exciting news about a game they're releasing, tell me now. Yeah, the Nintendo Directs are fantastic. I don't know why other companies don't do that every like two, three months. We'll just put out a fucking video and just tell you what's coming up. Yes. Why not? Why so, are you going to wait till once a year to do that? I mean, I understand that they need to there's a need to drive a hype machine up mm-hmm. you know to get into the holiday market to you know leading into the holiday market but you still don't need an event to do that you still don't need to worry about e3 leaks like i don't know i i don't think i i don't think it's it it's it's a negative i think i think everyone worrying about this old model where e3 is important is more negative than anything yeah, what's the one? Is, is this is this Super Smash Brothers Heroes? Is that coming out this holiday? Is that the leak? Is that what it's called? Is, well, it was already said it's coming out this holiday. I mean, it's the heroes. trailer said that. But yeah, but there's a thing that says Heroes. I don't fucking know. You don't know half the time these are like troll, like weirdly yeah. blurry images of stuff that they, we got the leak and here it is. And it's just a, a Photoshop job to make you think that it's a leak because it's and, not. And that's the correct. other thing. The leaks 
the leaks are never 100% certain. Everyone goes to E3 anyways. Yeah. The people who need to. And it's still a huge weekend for news that comes out. Yeah, there's still so, a ton of news, no so matter what. it's still serving the purpose that it thinks it needs to serve. But it's as time goes on, this is, on, this is only natural with the amount of progress that has taken place in technology since E3 was a thing. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, who? it's really the ESA is profiting off of E3. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, they're the ones who benefits the most. The companies don't. The companies got to dish out a ton of money to go there, get the fucking space, have all their employees go out there, get the fucking. Uh, they're not booth babies anymore. Booth girls or whatever else, train them how to. So Nintendo always does a, actually does a great job. With them, the, 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 the people at Nintendo booths always know about the games. They do a good job training them, but they, they're putting in hundreds of thousands of dollars to have a big E three booth. These companies, yeah, even the smaller booths, you're spending probably at E three. Ten twenty thousand dollars for a small booth, probably if not more. Pax East, I heard what some of the booths cost, even for the small one. They're not cheap no. for a little booth. So, if you can get away from that model where it's once a year or twice a year, uh, where the stuff's revealed, I, yeah, there's no, I don't see a downside to that. Why is there have to? It's not. Was it Christmas for information? I'm not getting anything from E3 news. It's just, oh, I'm getting excitement. So that's my present. I'm opening up excitement. No, right. There's money going to the ESA. What is it? The Electronic Entertainment Software Association. That's who's getting the money. Anyway. All right. Next question. This is from at... Uh, this is from at... Who is this from? At Retro uh, Q Gaming. Uh, Thoughts on certain retro games, arcade, PC, and console, never seeing re-release or remastering on modern platforms due to complicated license issues. For example, Konami's Aliens, Capcom's Alien vs. Predator... Capcom's The Punisher, Sierra's No One Lives Forever series, which I'm surprised about that one. What do you think, Ian? So, it, it sucks that the, we can't play these on modern systems through a re-release. Um, obviously, licensing is a pain in the ass. <clears throat> but I think it's only recently that we as um, as game players have begun to expect everything to be playable um, or almost everything to be playable or constantly re-released or collected on compilations um, and available at our fingertips uh, to be played. It, I, I mean, Alien vs. Predator is probably my favorite arcade game or extraordinarily close to it. Um, I mean, it's maybe the only beat-em-up I ever put time into actually getting good at and not just trying to, you know, quarter-feed. Um, and it's a game with a lot of skill and it's fun, but I just feel like, I don't know, this wasn't a question that was asked about other games that had licensing issues maybe 10 years ago. It's only now, I think as, as more and more stuff gets re-released, we notice these gaping holes with these really good licensed games that are missing. Um, so I don't know what the thoughts I'm supposed to have are on it. It sucks, but I'm not super worried about it either because preservation wise these are all dumped we have the roms of these so my only real concern would be is if you know somehow licensing rights and it's not we're it's not like these games have entirely vanished they're still around they're still preserved they're still out there in ways that people can play them it's just not conveniently easy to do it with you know a a playstation 4 you know or or you know something that you have hooked up to your tv and that's a shame 
but you know, there's no reason for Capcom or Kon- certainly not Konami um, to go out there and you know and spend the money to get these licensing rights back for you know to do a a, a PlayStation Network you know download version of, of you know Alien vs Predator. I wish they would. I wonder if they I, I'd ever, buy it ten times. I wonder if they're not even just too lazy to look into it. Maybe it would even cost a huge amount. I don't know. Perhaps. But it's not you, worth their time. Yeah, it's it's just not worth these companies' times. I'd be a lot more concerned, like I had said already, if for some reason somehow they had not been able to preserve these. But these are all dumped. These are all out there. Yeah, that's I, my only. That's my only major concern is, as long as they're preserved, ports are nice. You can find an arcade cabinet somewhere for a lot. We're talking about mostly arcade cabinets. I mean, Capcom's The Punisher. It's also an arcade game. Yeah. So. That's where Sierra's No One Lives Forever. I don't know anything about that. No One Lives Forever, I believe, was uh, I don't think I don't think there's any actual licenses used. I think it was just so obviously a James Bond knockoff game. Yeah, but you can can do games like that. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not entirely certain. It's a story driven game in the '60s. Yeah, so what? They they had tons of shows. They had Man from Uncle in the '60s. Yeah. And stuff like that. That you know, what I mean, um, I'm not exactly sure what the licensing problem would be there, though. I, right. I don't know enough about um, it. The mentality of gamers has changed a lot in uh, 20, 30 years. So it was in the late 80s to even late 90s that you weren't expecting all these games to come out on a console, yeah. right, or even a PC. Uh-uh. So when we went to we went to um, Barnacle Bills in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, and played. Simpsons arcade game which is probably the first time I ever saw that game and like when that came out when that came out like 90 mm-hmm. what a magical fucking game Simpsons arcade game is what a beautiful machine does the franchise justice it's the best you could have done for a Simpsons game at the time better than the Super Nintendo games that's for damn sure yeah. so we didn't think about oh we won't be able to play this on a console probably also because arcade games were still so far ahead uh, technology-wise from Super Nintendo and Genesis and obviously NES that, that you can only play them in an arcade. So when we played Spider-Man arcade game, which you discovered in my main machine, so it wasn't yeah. all bad, when we saw these games as kids or young teenagers, we weren't thinking about what's going to happen 10 years from now when we can't play these arcade games anymore. It wasn't even a thought. It was, no. just, it was like, oh, this is in the arcade. We play the arcade. Arcade games, when you went to the arcade regularly and you didn't see a game anymore... You couldn't even really whine about it because you didn't know what games were coming out, what was disappearing. You had no fucking clue what arcade games were going to show up. Like, when Mortal Kombat shows up, you didn't know Mortal Kombat was a, was a game until you see it in front of your Right, face. you're like, oh, you don't know or what, you heard about it from a friend. You don't know NBA Jam's a thing until you fucking find this huge arcade. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's there was nothing, there was no arcade gaming magazine to, to make you aware of it. We, there was no internet that we knew of to be aware of this stuff. So, now we go back and say, okay... We have ROMs, we have uh, retro pies where you can play all this stuff. We have main machines, so we're thinking, yeah, we want to see. It's, it's interesting. We want to see licensed re-releases of games that we've been playing illegally for twenty-five years. So once we want to see these, and we want to see a, a Simpsons arcade release in some of some form, would be great. We just may never see it, so it's kind of a shame. You know, yeah. it's, it's almost like you you would sell a lot of it, most likely, if you could. You put if you put Simpsons arcade on. On Switch or on Steam, it would probably sell a good fucking amount. You would, you would think. Oh yeah, some of these would sell a ton, but it's it's a matter of whether or not they want to chase backwards or just keep moving forwards. Sure, it's a shame. All right, uh, do you want to save this one for next time? Yeah, let's save it. Okay, we'll just do last one. This is from at New Super Frank. 
Anything but your ignorant left-wing political ideas, please. I believe in intersectional feminism, Black Lives Matters, um, LGBTQ rights for all, um, into quite a bit of socialism, democratic socialism. Let's see. I love puppies and kittens. Hmm, what else am I into? Uh, Anti-gun. All guns at the Second Amendment? Sure, just to piss them off. I'm not going oh, get... okay. to get into the nuances of it. Let's just say I want to take your guns. You're take your... I want to take <laughs> you, your guns, you're gonna, Frank. You're going to storm every single house with guns. Yeah, with Obama, by the way. You, you, he he okay. never he he didn't get a chance to get all those all guns. Right. I, mine's in the kitchen. I won't tell you where in the kitchen. I'll just let you know. <laughs> I'll let Obama sniff it out. Fuck you, dude. I, I, this is what's interesting about people, and this is where I weep for humanity. Where it's either all or nothing when it comes to beliefs or politics. Where yeah. if if you have one belief that I don't like, now all of a sudden you're a radical. You're you're, you're either a you're, trumper or you're a fucking left wing yeah. extremist. Or it's like, can we can we act as human beings again? Can we just talk to each other? No, I have disagreements with Ian about stuff. He has disagreements with me. We agree on probably sixty to eighty percent of stuff. Most likely, maybe a little more. Maybe not, maybe not wardrobe, but whatever. We're getting there. But <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel bad. I don't want, no, that was, that was bad. I'm sorry. No, okay. <laughs> okay. Actually, what shirt are you wearing today? Mm, M Theory Music. Okay, that's cool. Anyway, that was a cheap shot. I, I don't know. I never touched Ian during the pockets for it, by the way. That was interesting. It was I felt really strange. bad about taking a cheap shot. At, you're not even dressed badly. No. I know, that was cheap. But you know what's also cheap is labeling someone left wing. <laughs> that's also very cheap. And it, it, you, you feel better about yourself and you can go in your little. Uh, your little enclave of fellow believers that it's us versus the wor- world. You're a culture warrior. See, the, to me, the opposite of an SJW is, I don't know, you need a term like asshole culture warrior where it's like, because you're, you're opposite on it's the other side of the coin where you're just thinking that it's us versus them and there's no agreement and it's it's win at all costs and it's disgusting either way. Ignorant is also like a, a term that people like to use. I, I feel like it's just a, it's a little stuffy. It's a little stuffy because it's a little, it's a little stuffy because when you say someone's ignorant, that you're basically saying they don't know about the topic you're talking about. It's like, no, you just fucking disagree, right? Exactly. <laughs> we just disagree. It's not yeah. ignorance at that point. Yeah. You know, I, I know all about the the, the pros and cons of, of, of gun rights and uh, about socialized medicine, and and I, some of my beliefs might surprise you. Some of you would say, Pat, you're you're. By the way, I've I've been called a right winger a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, for things I said in the podcast. So it's interesting that I get both, which basically shows you what's going on here where people not be able to think outside their own head about, well, you're a right winger because you might want to own a gun or uh, you're left wing because, you know, you weren't before Black Lives Matter or whatever else. That's, 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 not, how, that's how, not how human beings work. That's not how we, we, we are designed. We're not designed just to have a block of ideas that are in this set. It's like you're either NES or you're, or you're, or you're Sega. Yeah. And you can't like one. What you can't? Well, you can't like Sonic because you like Contra. That, yes, you can't no. like both of those. Mm-mm. I mean, as, as silly as that analogy is, that's basically how it works. Yeah. Anyways, uh, which, it, which by the way, is coming on to us saying like, "Oh, well, you hate Sega, Pat." It's like, "Well, I own Master System games right there. I had a Master System as a kid." You so, sure do. Yeah, so had all I, of them. So how am I a Nintendo fanboy all the way then? You know, like how does that work? Yeah. You know? New Super Frank, please bake a loaf of bread in your ass. <laughs> The end. Do you start with the dough first? Do you just <laughs> stuff it in there? That'd be tough to get dough in there. I I have you a plunge. process imagined in my head that would be not so comfortable or great. <laughs> a plunger? And I feel like he should endure that. 
Okay. All right. Is this going to be a topic for YouTube? Should it be a topic? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. We need to get some fiery comments going again. We haven't talked about PewDiePie in a while, so that'd be good. Oh, guy's hard as a sewage pump. Uh-oh, someone said another hour video. <laughs> Do you realize <laughs> the best part about that is to edit that hour video together probably took about a good 20 to 30 hours to edit that video, probably. For an hour video with a lot of cuts and things, that's not a quick process. When we did the podcast? No, no, no. If someone to comment in us and do an hour video on oh, that. Oh, right. They're putting in a days of work. Ah. Uh, yes. So then we still win. Yeah. Because they're, they're looking at our cute faces and listening to us for a full, full whole 24 hours, which I can't imagine that. I have cute dimples, though. I don't even want to listen to us any longer. All right. We're, we're good. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this See You Podcast. Again, we're going to be at uh, Luna Video Games. In Chula Vista, Saturday the 26th from oh, 1 p.m. Be there or Square will be hanging out. We have a certain NES guidebook. Oh, hey, we're going to too many games as well. We are going to too many games. It's ecstatic about that, and that's going to be... We are going to be at too many games. Too many games. Too many games. Too many games. We did that announcement too two years many ago. Too many games. Ago. Yeah, we did. Or three years ago. For three. Two years. So that that's June 22nd to June 24th. That's outside of uh, Philly, about 40 minutes. Uh, we're going to be there. And uh, with good old James Rolfe, the voice of Mario, will be there. Charles Martinet, uh, Linkara, uh, uh, Vinny from Vine Sauce, my buddy, Rerez, the, the lovable game chasers, and others to be announced. And Ian's face is not on the website yet. you got to send your cute picture with the snake. Right oh, yep, anyway. that's right. I'm going to use the I'm gonna use the snake. And then uh, we're going to have a, pod- a live podcast. I think it's going to be on Friday. And then the 10th anniversary Pat the NES Punk panel, which is going to be the 20th, 10th anniversary of Pat the NES Punk. It's on June 24th, that Sunday. Throw your underwear at him. Yes, preferably uh, women, but yes, men. I'll 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 try to dodge it as best I can. I'll do the same. Throw me here. Throw the Mario boxers at me like the ones I wore in the dance robots video. <laughs> Ten years of Path the NES Punk. Maybe it'll be a video for it. If I'm not lazy, we'll see. All right, that's what's all going on here. UltimateNES.com for a certain NES guidebook. Patreon.com/slash CU Podcast. Ian's nice writings are up there. He's he's learning to use commas slowly but surely. Usually after a but, there's always almost always a comma before but when you're right oh i'm just paying more attention now is what i'm oh saying. yes uh, uh, see for the first three I, I i made the mistake of actually proofreading and lying like giving my notes and i thought you would actually look at the notes and no no because he doesn't respect me so <laughs> and he's like nope all right so that's great so for ian ferguson <laughs> i'm pat country bye bye everyone